just relax and listen to the radio. Welcome to the Liberty NZ Breakfast with Grant Edwards. Here's Tucker Carlson, who is really, you know, just um, willing to, to say it all and bear it all and go, if you would, a little nuclear on the management team that used to run the place. Before the Fox unwinded. And you mean I got fired? Yes. <laughs> Did you think you, like, were you uh, ardent, like, go Fox, go guy, or do you? My view on Fox hasn't really changed. They let me say whatever I want, whatever I wanted, really, for 14 years. And I, I'll never stop being grateful for that. And then, obviously, I said too much. And I'm not exactly sure what I said that was bad. No one ever told me. But one day, they're like, oh, can't have this anymore. And they fired me. The Murdochs were always nice. They never got in my way at all. They were always super nice to me. But there were, you know, small mind. It's a company run by fearful women. Yeah. You know what I mean? And... <laughs> Okay, so that's um, that's not going to land well with some people. It's a company run by fearful women. Even with Sun TV watching for any slip, he was asked which country he most admired and referred to China. The level of admiration I actually have for China, um, because their you know, basic dictatorship is allowing them. I applaud China for stepping up. Excuse me, I applaud Canada. <laughs> You can tell what I'm thinking. A prime minister who openly admires the Chinese basic dictatorship who tramples on fundamental rights by persecuting and criminalizing his own citizens as terrorists just because they dared to stand up to his perverted concept of democracy should not be allowed to speak in this house at all. Mr. Trudeau, please spare us your presence. Thank you. Canadians know where I stand. This is a moment for responsible leaders to think carefully about where they stand and who they stand with. Uh, and help me fight Hunter Biden's latest salvo uh, against uh, Roger Stone. God bless you, Roger. We'll do that. And thanks for all you do. You, you're an American icon. Pleasure having you here again. We'll keep in touch. Replay of this hour, go to episodes at TNTradio.live. Now, TNT Radio News. For TNT Radio News, this is James O'Neill. Israeli military on Wednesday said it destroyed an infamous Hamas tunnel network that spans hundreds of miles below the Gaza Strip, as airstrikes reportedly took out a key weapon maker for the terror organization. The Israel Defense Forces said in a statement that more than 130 tunnel shafts underneath Gaza were blown up by combat engineers who are destroying the enemy's weapons and are locating, exposing, and detonating tunnel shafts. Meanwhile, the Israeli military said that above-ground bombardments killed Hamas weapons maker Masina Buzina. IDF troops also discovered a structure with multiple car batteries sitting next to several tunnel entrances, which they believe was used to power the tunnel's air filtration systems. IDF spokesperson Daniel Hagari wrote on X that Israeli soldiers also captured a Hamas training camp in northern Gaza. Within the camp were several tunnel entrances, all of which were destroyed. National house prices continue to fall, but the pace of the drop appears to be stabilizing, according to a UK residential market survey. As the end of the year approaches, the Royal Institution of Chartered Surveyors warned that residential market activity will remain subdued over the next few months. A RIC survey for October showed that a smaller percentage of property professionals, 63%, reported a drop in prices compared to 67% in September. 
GB News, Nigel Farage and Jacob Rees-Mogg came together to discuss the prevalence of pro-Palestinian marches in the UK and fears these could affect Remembrance Day proceedings. Morning, do they? They take place they at various all times. All different day. times during that, the day. That's absolutely right. Sadiq Khan, by the way, who got rid of Cressida Dick, who has considerable power over the Met Commissioner, hasn't said a word, said, not me, Gov. And the government don't want to get involved. Well, the government has tried to get involved, but it doesn't have the power to ban it. But if well, we it, are... Well, well, it, could, I mean, okay, it, it but, could use emergency But, powers. Nigel, if right. we are to win the battle of ideas, the battle of cultures, yeah. don't we stand up for our culture, which does allow freedom of speech? So, and I think, and I understand the power of that point. You know, equally, I, you know, I fully understand, well, we sacrificed a lot in World War so that we could agree to disagree. There's a compromise here. There is a good compromise here. You allow the pro-Palestinians to come to London on Saturday. You allow them to assemble, to gather in Hyde Park. So that is yours, and you can have it from you know, midday till 5 o'clock in the evening or whatever it is. Um, but if you step outside of that and start protesting outside regimental memorials or whatever it is, you will be arrested. As Gaza residents were being directed by Israel to clear out and move towards the southern border with Egypt, one of the big questions some people asked was where over two million Palestinians would possibly go. TT Radio's Patrick Henningsen calls it ethnic cleansing. Now already there are reports coming from different countries where governments have been approached either by the U.S. or by the EU or by an Israeli intermediary to be asked if they would accept a certain number of Palestinian refugees. They're already shopping around for homes in anticipation of a massive ethnic cleansing event whereby the Israeli military will push the Palestinian population into the Sinai Desert in a forced deportation operation. This is called ethnic cleansing, of course, and it's prohibited with all international laws and treaties. With the threat of genocide hanging over them, it makes this crime against humanity even more egregious. So why Canada? Well, it seems like from a PR point of view, some countries like the United States don't want Palestinian refugees. The UK will also be a potential destination for the deportation of Palestinians, but Canada always opens its arms to refugees from conflicts that it sponsors. For TNT Radio, this is Patrick Henningsen. Earlier we spoke to David Seymour. He is making this treaty on the, uh, this referendum on the treaty a, a bottom line, yeah. basically, in, in coalition negotiations with the National Party. What's that going to do for the country? Well, see, there's the tyranny of the majority. There will be uh, significant civil unrest and we don't, uh, and nor should any leader take us down that track. This is what James Shaw said to us this morning as well, that he's concerned there could be violence if this, if this referendum is held. The, well, we, it could we've cause got no such choice. division. But we've got no choice. You see, when, when you back people into a corner and, and they've got nothing else to do, they, they, they have to resort to protest, right? And then that, and because we're well organised up and down the country, that that protest will will be uh, significant as it should be. There'll be uh, days of uh, national Māori action, and uh, they'll close down Whangarei, Auckland, Tauranga, Hamilton, Wellington, and so we go. You see, so um, and, and when 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 we start rolling those, you then start to see the true capacity and capability of our movement. There will be significant uh, civil disobedience. I endorse. Uh, absolutely my right to protest uh, against any government. Mr Seymour will have to answer that question, right? That's why he's probably hiring more cops and building more prisons.
<laughs> All right, good morning. Grant Edwards here with the Liberty NZ Breakfast here till 7 o'clock. Lord willing, let's look at the forecast, shall we? Oh, that was John Tamahiri too, by the way. OK, we are now looking at extremes in the country. Wangarei have uh, 12.1 degrees. Mosgi or minus 0.9 degrees at the moment. Wellington, Lyle Bay, 37.5 kilometres per hour. And Chatham Islands has 0.6 millimetres of rain. Looking at the temperatures right across the country, it's warm. Warm up in the north and a little bit cool. It's not too bad. The cold, well, I think, one of the coldest places would have to be Invercargill, giving Mosgiel a run for its money. Stewart Island's on 6 degrees, Invercargill 1 degree, Dunedin 5, Queenstown 2, France Joseph 8, along with Westport. Back over to the east coast there, the Chatham Islands out, out in the, the islands in its islands, 6 Six degrees and uh, Timaru's on eight. Dunedin five, I think I said that. Christchurch eight along with Blenheim. Moving over to the North Island across the ditch there, across the um, Cook Strait there, Captain Cook. <laughs> um, oh yeah, you can get crook going across there. It doesn't take, it gets pretty nasty going over there. So you've got to have your wits about you. I loved it. I love, I love it when it's rolling. Most people don't. Masterton, 8 degrees. Wellington, 10. Napier's on 10 degrees as well. Taupo and Rotorua both on 8 and 5. Palmerston North, 11. New Plymouth has 12 degrees this morning. Uh, did we say Taupo? We did. Gisborne, 10 degrees. Tauranga, 11. Hamilton's on 10. And Auckland's on 11 degrees. Pongarei, 12. Kaitara, 11. So it's not too bad, is it? Not too bad for this time of the year. Coming up to 8 minutes past. Now my clock's slow. I've, I adjusted it yesterday and now it's slow. Let's look at the short forecast, shall we? For, for Northland, first of all, Northland and Auckland, isolated showers, some heavy, and in the west uh, towards the afternoon and evening. For Coromandel Peninsula and the Bay of Plenty, partly cloudy, isolated showers, morning showers is, is going to be. Uh, Waikato and Kapiti, you've got, uh, or, or including the central high country, mainly fine weather, a chance of an afternoon or evening shower in Waikato. For Gisborne and the Wairap, also for Wellington, scattered showers, you're going to have that mainly near the coast, easing in the morning and clearing south of part. Mahia Peninsula. So I was going to say Pahia. That's the Slexdexia. This is dyslexia setting in. You see, I see a word and I, I look ahead and, say, and then I pronounce it around the wrong way. It's a bit like sleeping bag. I'll often, you've often heard me say beeping slag. I don't know why. That just seems to happen. Uh, yes, Marlborough. Marlborough excluding the Kaikoura coast, but it's going to include... Oh, does it exclude? Look, it says it's excluding the Kaikoura coast, also Nelson. I'm sure it doesn't exclude Nelson. Nelson, Buller and Westland. Just written poorly. Let's see. Uh, you've got areas of morning cloud, then fine, but isolated afternoon and evening showers about the ranges. For the Kaikoura coast in Canterbury, morning cloud for you this morning, and you've got some patchy drizzle about the foothills, and then it's going to be coming fine. Uh, for Otago, Southland and Fiordland, I can feel a frog sort of trying to come up. That's yeah, I got got that one. Otago, Southland and Fiordland, mainly fine weather. Areas of early cloud though. For the Chatham Islands, showers becoming isolated a bit later in the day. We're getting up to nine minutes past, so we'll get this thing rolling. Here's Donald Trump. Well, Trump was uh, actually no, it's not Donald Trump. It's Ro- Reagan talking about Reagan. Joe Rogan talking about Donald Trump. Gosh. Well, Trump was. Uh, I think I need a coffee. I do. I do. I'm going to have one now. I'm going to make one. Well, Trump was uh, the first guy that I ever saw who was a sitting president who openly admitted that the military-industrial complex wants you to go to war. Yeah. 
like when Eisenhower was resigning, he said it, but Trump actually said that. He said it. In an interview, I think it was with Steve Hilton on Fox, Yeah, which is just a wild thing to hear, that they might be influenced yeah. to be more inclined, yeah. to get, not, not wars when they're necessary, but yeah. like wars yeah. that they can justify yeah. for financial reasons. Yeah. yeah, he's got away with words, isn't he? Okay, let's, uh, what are we doing now? What shall I do? I don't know. Is everything running? We could have, let's have a quick look and see what happened on this day in history. The 10th of November in, on this day in 1868, Takuti attacks Matafero. They call it Matafero. I think it's Matahuero with an aspirated WH. That's how I'd say it. Anyway, Matahuero, that's where the wines are. Matahuero wines, not far from Gisborne. The massacre uh, that was Takuti's Utu, his revenge for his um, 1866 exile to the Chatham Islands. They put him over there. Not a bad place to be exiled. And the subsequent events. Now, that was nasty, that. I think, wasn't that the one? Where they ate the, um, they uh, cut the head off uh, a missionary, and it might not be the same one. We'll have a look at it. There's a few to get through here, so I've got to keep moving a bit quicker instead of getting bogged down in some of this stuff. So we'll just look at the headlines. It gives you a bit of an idea what's going on, and if anything catches your fancy, you can have a look at it when you get to work, can't you? Uh, yeah, so uh, 1871, the Telegraph Department cleared of hacking charges. <laughs> Can you believe that? Spying. Uh, this was 18. This was the events of 1870 to 71. that led to the Otago Daily Times editor George Barton to claim that in his newspaper the government, New Zealand government, had been in intercepting telegraphs for political gain. <laughs> in 1880, this is just a year before the 1881 New Testament Greek translation by Westcott and Hort. That was the one that really sent the Bible down the wrong track. And uh, I, I think that was the worst thing that ever happened. I think that's really when God took his hand off England when that was published and, and translators started using that corrupt Alexandrian text. Anyway, back to New Zealand. In 1880, Sutherland Falls was discovered. That's the renowned um, backwoodsman. His name is Donald Sutherland. Now, he discovered this waterfall that bears his name, and that was uh, it's now called the Milford Track, New Zealand's best-known walking track. That's what happened on this day in New Zealand history. Back in a minute with Radio New Zealand headlines. So right now, Israel has turned off the water and the power, and they've announced the water and power in the Gaza Strip are going to remain off until Hamas releases the hundred or so hostages that they are currently holding. And already you're starting to hear rumblings from the world. Oh, wow, that, that, isn't that collective punishment? And the answer is, well, when Hamas has honeycombed itself into these areas, how exactly would you expect Israel to accomplish its goals? I wasn't aware that um, after you murder everybody's, everybody's children, they have an obligation to provide you water and power yes that's exactly right quite right now we know who that is don't we that is uh shapiro very good very smart young fellow he's sort of like a child child well protege what do you call it fantastic i saw him playing when he was about 12 years old playing the violin unbelievably smart man he'd have a high iq they say Ashkenazi jews have the highest iq in the world way up there even above the asians and uh, of course he is sort of that's his lineage isn't it so he, he he's up there that's for sure. And of course, that's a gift, I believe, from God. And the reason why the world hates the Jews is because they're just actually really smart. And that's why they make a lot of money. But they like to pretend that they're in some conspiracy, some Zionist conspiracy. But in actual fact, people need to realize, just need to look in the dictionary. What does Zionism mean? Well, it means the homeland for the Jews. What's wrong with that? That's what the Bible says. Any Christian that's against Zionism, uh, is, is, um, is, you've got a problem with the Bible. You need to go and study it. Study it more. Instead of listening to uh, atheists 
you know, people that are Holocaust deniers and, you know, haters of the Jewish people. If they're haters of the Jewish people, they're actually haters of God uh, because, uh, you know, they are God's chosen people. They are. And that really grates on you, doesn't it? But they are. They are God's chosen people. And I'm saying that as a Christian, I am a Christian Zionist. I believe Israel. I tell you what, if I was younger, I'd be over there now fighting. I would be. I'd be fighting against those terrorist criminals that have come against the armies of the Lord. And so, you know, the whole world's against me on this. I don't care. I don't care because I know I'm right because I've got the Bible. I trust the Bible. Sola Scriptura. I don't listen to the Pope or anyone else, any other people telling me what the Bible says. I just read it for myself and I'm not swayed. I think too many Christians listen to too much television. They watch too much TV and they listen to the radio, the mainstream media, which is all anti from, because it's all put together by the children of disobedience. And, of course, the, who's their father? The father is the God of this world who was Satan. Jesus named him the God of this world. How did that happen? Well, because, we, because when Adam and Eve were brought down into Satan's territory, this was his area. This, it was void and without form. But this is where Satan was, and his third of all the angels of heaven were cast to the earth. Just read the Bible for yourself. You'll read it all. It's there. It's all there for you to see. Then God put Adam there. He put him there for a test, I believe, to whether he'd obey God or not, whether he'd obey the God of this world, which was Satan. But God made Adam the God of this world. He made him king of the world, I should say. And then when he fell, when he listened to his wife, silly man, listened to her, who was deceived. He wasn't deceived, but she was. He saw her. She didn't deceive him. He saw that she changed. He didn't want to lose her. And that's why he ate it. I think she was pink. Because I think she had her, her blood was contaminated. I don't think it was blood. I think it was light. I think that they were well, the Bible. I believe they were immortal, and they became mortal when they sinned against God. Because the, the Bible says the wages of sin is death, but the gift of God is eternal life through Jesus Christ our Lord. You know what? And neither is there salvation in any other, for there is none other name under heaven given among men. That's mankind whereby we must be saved. Now, just let me give, give myself a moment to gather my thoughts there. 15 past five. Well, then the other hypocritical thing was in the last month, they copyright struck me three times in an attempt to get my channel taken. They sent three DNC strikes on reactions that I did three, two, three years ago. And really, you know, if, if they had an issue with the content, I wouldn't have even cared if I had to take it down because this was a very low viewed video from three years ago. But you really have to ask yourself, was it about the content or was it about that they don't like me? and they just wanted to see me go. I'm not quite sure why that's on there. I might pull that off because it doesn't really explain what it is. But look, before we go to Radio New Zealand, let's have a look at the uh, Farmers Farmers Weekly. So good morning to all the farmers that are out there. They'll be right in amongst it now. The cattle dogs would be out there, the heading dog, and the uh, the old hunt away there driving the cows into the cow shed. Oh, it's awful, isn't it? Because you'd think there'd be a nicer way to do it, but that's, that's the way it's done. We're going to look at the Farmers Weekly, just the headlines, and then we'll move on to Radio New Zealand. First of all, Tasman Orchardus plucks the young horticulturalist title, and uh, so she, the team coordinator at Vilema. That's the orchard. It does fruit and vegetable sector. Very proud, apparently, picked up an award. And silver lining of the economic uncertainty. It keeps farmers sharp, apparently. A current economic environment is, uh, is an opportunity for an economic reality check to justify costs and maintain financial discipline. So that's a long read. You can have a look at that. And work visa. Now, I don't like this, but work visa wage requirements untenable, according to Federated Farmers. They had a survey in March this year, and uh, it's just... Uh, they, you know that under one third, just under one third of farmers employ 
migrant staff. Now, I think that's got to end. I think we've got to get our people off their ass and working in it because it's got, long term. See, it's all it's all very well for people like Federated Farmers to say that, and for farmers, you know, big farmers to be using migrant workers. I mean, it's easy for them. They work harder and they want that to happen. But the problem is, it brings all sorts of other problems, social problems. You know, we don't have enough housing for all these people, although they are housed on the farm. But they bring families. We don't have the hospital situation. The doctors not enough doctors, or that we don't have our infrastructure to cope with large amounts of migrants coming into our country and we can't do this we've got to stop it we've got to stop having people that are sitting on their ass doing nothing while we bring in foreigners from overseas to do the work for us that's got to end it's good the best thing for our country is for us to work and for people that are overseas to stay in their own country and make it better for themselves instead of wanting to come here and take our stuff which is what's happening now there's another opinion piece here cautiously optimistic on the Fonterra targets see this is a nothing thing as well they believe this rubbish about global warming and emissions and all that sort of stuff and um, and so now they're going down what they're doing is now farmers have been led down an alleyway they're in the yards they've been herded down off the hills by the sheepdogs which are the the politicians the actors and the um, fifth I think it's the what, do you, what would you call it fifth generation warfare we don't really know who these are these people are that are running the world at the moment but they're we're being forced down the farms are being forced down off the hills down now they're in the in the yards and they're being moved towards the slaughterhouse and that's what this is this um target you know this the um what do you call it sort of emissions nonsense so apparently although 30 percent reduction in next in the next seven years will undoubtedly be challenging federated farmers we should never go along with this rubbish this globalist nonsense which all it's going to do is just finance the world government so federated farmers say it's really important to look at how the target is broken down and how fonterra plan to work with farmers to achieve it see that's just stupid you should say we're not we don't believe your fake science and just get stuffed, all of you. Now, back to the markets. Fonterra climate plan very much to Nestle's taste. So Nestle, this woke chocolate company from the from Europe, um, move supports Nestle's own ambition to reduce uh, greenhouse gases. And um, that's, yeah, so it's just more more garbage, really, and we've fallen for it. You know, we should just, just say, no, <laughs> this is rubbish. We're not going down. We're not doing this. Now, uh, it says here, navigating share farming. That's interesting, actually, because farmers make decisions, don't they? If you're going to make a major farm business decision that impacts your contract milker, that's the share milkers, you really need to bring them along for that ride, says Farm Consultant. And so that's the front pages there. East Coast Farming Expo, roster filling up. Farming Smarter uh, is the is the focus for February's event. Farming Smarter, that's right. Yeah, and, and listening to all the garbage that's coming from overseas, um, from the um, the globalists trying to tell us that it's a bad thing to have carbon. Carbon's a great nutrient for the soil. If you don't have carbon, I mean that is just like putting manure on on your on your garden. It's brilliant. And if they take, if they actually, they've got these sequestration machines which actually take um, CO two rather. I should I'm sorry, I should say CO two, taking it out of the atmosphere. Uh, and you know, I, I know market gardeners years ago they used to actually just pump their greenhouses the tomato greenhouse full of CO2 and it actually helped not too much just get a, got to get the right level 
um, probably taking it back to um, how it was before the flood when, you know, of course we live in a terrarium, but a lot of people think we live on a spinning board. It's absolute garbage. Uh, you've just got to wake up. See, what happens is we, we get taught this nonsense when we're kids, don't we? You know, when you walk into the classroom, the teacher's got a spinning ball, you know, a globe on the desk here, and, 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 and well, this is the world. I mean, when I first heard it from my father, I just thought, you know, that's nuts. You know, we're living upside down. You know, and I was right. Children are right. But we get slowly brainwashed into the whole idea, and they use CGI and all this rubbish and pretend they've gone to the moon. And in actual fact, they haven't gone to the moon. They did it out in the Nevada, or uh, some people say it was actually filmed filmed in a, some kind of a studio in the UK. Um, the, the movie to watch, I think, is a great documentary called... Uh, the funny thing happened on the way to the moon. Um, Bart, Bart Sebrell, I think it's Sebrell. I think that's his name anyway. Just watch out because there's some spoofy ones out there, you know, some ones that are denigrating that great documentary. A funny thing happened on the way to the moon where, they, where he, he actually was sent. This Obviously someone from NASA leaked this information. It was footage of the Apollo crew that um, you could tell that they were actually faking taking photographs of Earth and all it was was just the porthole in the side of this, you know, pretend spaceship that they were in in a studio and they had... um they had people floating around. They just adjusted the lighting, and it looked like they were, they were actually looking at the at the Earth from the spacecraft. But they weren't at all. They were, it was just all fake. And so, a funny thing happened on the way to the moon. That's one to look at. And that, well, you know, if you don't believe we went to the moon, why would you believe we lived on a spinning? Why would you believe any of that rubbish? It just makes no sense. I mean, sea level is not called sea level for no reason. <laughs> and you know, a circle is not a sphere. A circle is not a sphere. The Bible says the Earth is a circle doesn't say it's a sphere. It says it's, it's turned like a wood turner. It's God's created this earth like a seal to the clay. Well, you get some, you know, wax we use now, but you get a seal and you bang that down on some wax. And what have you got? You've got a lip around the outside, haven't you? And then you've got all this, all the, you know, the hills and whatever. And it just, it's a seal. That's what it looks like from God's perspective up in Polaris there, looking down in the farthest parts of the north, looking down on the earth. And how on earth, you Christians, wake up? How are we all going to see Jesus returning? The Bible says every eye shall see him. How will that happen on a spinning ball? Spinning it, I don't know if you realize this, spinning it 1,000 miles per hour, rotating on its axis, traveling around the sun. This is what they say. It's 67,000 miles per hour, and then doing goodness knows what speed through the galaxies. Absolute nonsense. It's just a way to hide you. And the Bible says the moon and the sun and the stars are in the firmament. That means they're in, the, in, our, in our atmosphere. And how do you contain an atmosphere? <laughs> you know, how, the, the, apparently the atmosphere is not contained because they can just fly right through it. I mean, can you keep LPG without putting it in a container? No. No, it will just float off into the atmosphere. It won't just fall to the ground because it's heavy. So it has to be everything has to be contained. We've just got to start using our brains instead of we've just got to start thinking outside instead of just following the other following the leader. This group think about everything we do. We're just like sheep, and that's what the Bible says. We're all like sheep that have gone astray. Okay, that's the farmers, and that's my little piece on um, on, on the way the world is a bib- biblical. What would you call it? Biblical cosmology. There we are. Okay, and and we once had a fellow on the program from the United States, and he was, um, I think he was a 21-year veteran uh, for the United States, um, um, what would you call it, United States Navy. He was a navigator with the Navy for a good portion of that, and he believed the Earth was flat. He did, and he'd done some real good study on it too, and you can see that he did an interview with somebody. Hmm, you just look it up, U.S. Navy Navigator. I think he did one with me on the podcast. He did. 
look up, yeah, do a Google search for US 21-year veteran US Navy navigator. Look that one up. We'll be back with Radio New Zealand in just a minute. It's 25 past five. Who blew up the Nord Stream pipeline? Um, I don't want to get our country in trouble, so I won't answer it. But uh, I can tell you who it wasn't was Russia. Yeah. How about when they blamed Russia? You know, they said Russia blew up their own pipeline. You got a kick out of that one, too. It wasn't Russia. Uh, so I won't answer the question only because I don't want to get our country yeah. any deeper than they already are. You're very wise. Donald Trump there, um, very wise indeed. Gosh, he's um, he's very alert, isn't he, for uh, you know, almost pushing 80. OK, we're at Radio New Zealand. You'll find them at rnz.co.nz. This is the government left-wing uh, publication full of Roman Catholics and uh, leftist uh, journalists, of course. Nowadays, you're, cha- you're trained you know the seminary, <laughs> the um, the journalism school's full of leftists. You know you, b- you barely get a position unless you are a leftist. Uh, if you're a right winger, if you think anything sort of like conservatively, you know you wouldn't probably do, do very well in your exams. Let's look at it anyway. Let's see what they say, and we'll pull it apart, shall we? Or uh, we might give it a might give it a bouquet instead of a bat. But usually it's all just propaganda from the government, and we pay for it, of course. Taxpayer pays for this rubbish, so we get we actually pay for our own propaganda. Propaganda means it's not true. You realise that and. Jacinda Ardern, she said we give them two weeks of sustained propaganda. Fancy saying that, you silly cow. I just can't believe that you would say such a stupid thing. You know, you're admitting you're telling lies. Unless she's just ignorant, doesn't realise that propaganda doesn't mean it's true. But that's what they do. That's what they're doing. They're brainwashing people when they're coming back into the country, living in those hotel prisons for two weeks, uh, sitting in there. Some people didn't mind at all. Some people went just about nuts. My son was in it. He didn't care. <laughs> he's just, he's happy with us. A lot of people can't be on their own. I love being on my own. Actually, absolutely love it. It's one of the most important things you can do, actually, as a human being, and that is to get used to yourself, just being, being with yourself, just, be, you, being, just getting used to living on your own and just being responsible for yourself and independent. And, um, um, yeah, that's a very important thing to do instead of having to be needy and needing someone around you all the time. I think it's a good, good lesson to learn. It took me a while to learn that, but once I learned it, oh, life just really improved for me. New Zealand leaders skipping APEC. Uh, that would be incredibly negative, apparently. This is in politics, of course. Uh, many of the world's top leaders will be at the summit next week, including U.S. President Joe Biden. Don't know what he'd be doing there, sitting there. Gosh, he'll be in a wheelchair soon. I suppose I could be too. Anyone could be. Uh, but, you know, he doesn't really know what's going on. He's got all these people around him that do all the talking. He basically just reads scripts. And I think the day that he can't read a script will be the day that they use the 25th Amendment to get rid of him. Also, uh, apart from Joe Biden, there'll also be the China's leader, Xi Jinping. But will New Zealand show up? And if so, who? Who's going to show up? We don't know because we've got a sort of a caretaker thing happening. I think Chippy's been signed in again. Uh, That's uh, Christopher Hipkins. Chris Hipkins has to be signed in again because until we get a proper government, until we know exactly what you know, the government's formed, it's done properly, uh, we're a um, ship without a rudder, so, but we do need to, or a skip without a skipper anyway, we do need to have a skipper, even if it is a leftist um, halfwit from uh, Wellington. Now, Susie Wiles' case, the vaccinologist is mortified by the university's response, mortified. <laughs> well, if you, that's a very 
clever, actually. I like that because, you know, vaccinologists, they are actually killing you. And, um, you know, if they don't, it doesn't kill you straight away, it will eventually kill you. A bit like the childhood vaccines, they eventually kill you. They give you, they, they are the drivers for every uh, every um, neurological disorder that we have. All the long-term uh, chronic, which what chronic is long-term, chronic diseases caused by childhood vaccines. It's starting to come out now. Steve Kirsch has the data on that. So if you go to Kirsch, substack.com kirschsubstack.com kirsch is spelled with a k k i r s c h go and have a look get on the on the on the list there the email list and then you can get sent all the updates he's done the research now colleagues of uh, susie wiles spelt like a sioux indian Susie Wiles, they say the University of Auckland did not respond to her concerns about harassment fairly. Oh, well, that's just too bad. You're there to teach young people uh, about whatever it is you're teaching them. You're supposed to be there. You're not supposed to be doing a side hustle every day. And I think if I was the head of the, if I was the dean or whatever they call it, of the university, I'd be wanting to get rid of you, you silly beached whale. I would be wanting to get rid of you because you you are just you're, well, first of all you're just polluting people's minds. Too many, too, we've got too many communists in our university need to get them all out. Terrible terrible blight on our country. Uh, woke communist just nutcases. Now what have we got here? We're moving over to John Oliver. That's the American, I think he's the American John Oliver. It's not, not Don Oliver. That's our weightlifting guy. Uh <laughs> He was. He was. He was in the Olympic Games or the Commonwealth Games. Did very well for our country. And his son or grandson uh, is Oliver's um, gym. Still going great. He's, and you, what would you? you Halfwits out there call him an anti-vaxxer, but no, he's not that. He just doesn't want a country to be divided. And he could see the damage that was happening by the lockdowns and you know kids not being able to go to the gym unless they were jabbed. And who wanted to be jabbed with something? No one wanted to be. No one really did, except for stupid people that believe in the germ theory. Um, you know, haven't done any homework, haven't looked to be to see what's be, to be said for the other side. There is another side, and there's Antoine Beauchamp's theory, which was plagiarised by Louis Pasteur, and that's where we get the germ theory from, from him. But it's easy, you said, germ, they need the germs, the, the pharmaceutical industry and also the agricultural industry, they need germs. If they don't have germs, they've got no, they, they will not be able to sell anything. They've got to get you scared that you're going to catch something from the outside. Some germ's going to attack you, some viruses, that's a new, a new one. I believe the viruses were invented just to cover up the vaccine and the other pharmaceutical sorcery that they've been putting into people and animals over the last 150 years, that's designed to cover it up, cover up their uh, injuries, which are caused by the, the pharmaceutical industry. And they've called this virus a mysterious virus. Apparently, um, antibiotics don't work. Well, we know that anyway. Antibiotics don't work. What works is if you've got some kind of a pussy thing in your leg, instead of giving you antibiotics, you get the surgeon on there and he, he lances it and lets that out and gets rid of the dead matter. That's what they used to do in the old days before antibiotics, and it used to work. So that's, that's how you do it, and you've got to be scrupulously clean so you don't make anything worse in there. Not because there's germs, it's because you, you can't afford to have your, um, well the wound's got to be nice and clean, they do that. Probably they talk about it being clean because they um, believe in the germ theory. So if you want to know more about the germ theory versus um, terrain theory, and another name for it is um, cellular theory, it's really just they're looking at these so-called germs under the microscope, but all they're looking at is diseased cells, cells that of the body that are not at ease, diseased. That's all it is. It's just the terrain. But they don't want you thinking that. They want you thinking they can sell you some drug to kill the germ. 
but in actual fact all you've got to do is just change the way you're living and you're eating and 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 what you're putting into your body basically and how you and even your mental uh, and emotional uh, is is important as well so if you're malnourished and you're stressed out you're going to get sick that's what happens and you often see it after someone's been through something that's traumatic they end up coming down with the, their body starts to um, uh, exude uh, sort of like get rid of toxins which is flu like symptoms but in actual fact it's, it's just really your body just letting the letting the real physicians the homeopathic physicians letting them realize letting them know what's wrong with you you present with all these symptoms and then they know how to treat you and the only real way to treat people without actually suppressing because that's all that pharmaceutical does they just suppress everything and then that makes you worse it forces that your dis-ease back deeper into and starts affecting your vital organs because your skin is the least of all organs it is an organ and so when things present on the skin that's a good thing then you know it's almost like the little red light inside the car up on the dashboard there it tells you that the engines are low on oil you don't just take it to the mechanic and he says oh yeah I'll fix that for you <laughs> and pull the, pull the light out the warning light gets ripped out and you would say well you're not very good mechanic it's obviously there's something wrong with the engine it's exactly the same with the human body something presents on the skin that's the warning light and then you say, well, what's caused that? Oh, well, this is caused by this. And so and, but what they do is they, they, they give you a cream like Betnovate or something like that or some steroid cream, and that suppresses it. You know, like, like if you've got, say, athlete's foot, you've got something happening there. I cured mine, and I didn't do it by taking Lamisole cream, which is a suppressant. I had a friend who was an airline pilot for Nelson Airways, and he covered himself. His, his feet, he covered all his toes because he used to get athlete's foot, and that was because of what he was eating and what was going into his body, other things, probably medication as well, childhood vaccines, that sort of thing. But mainly I think it's to do with food, too much carbohydrates. And so what he did was he put the Lamisole cream you know, between his toes, and one day he was coming into, I think, Wellington Airport, one of the airports, and he had an epileptic seizure. And then I go and read in, uh, what, do I, what was I reading? I was reading um, one of Hahnemann's books. And it talked about the suppression of a skin eruption can cause, and, and all these are the symptoms that it can cause, and one of them is like a seizure. And so it can kill you. Uh, but all sorts of effects, and every organism, every person's different, every animal's different. They react in a different way. And so that's what happened to him. He lost his license. And then I remember looking in the cupboard, because he was my flatmate, and I remember looking in the, in, in his, in the cupboard there, you know, in the bathroom, full of Lamisole cream. And I didn't know at the time, because I hadn't trained as a homeopath. I got my practice certificate in 2003, and this was back in 95, and I didn't, well, 95, 96, down in Nelson, and I didn't realize then about it. And yet I met a German who'd given up, American doc, a German doctor, and he... I think he heard a bit of American. Anyway, he came from Germany to study homeopathy in Nelson. And, you know, he'd been a doctor for a while. And he was a very interesting fellow. I met him at the, well, I think, the boat club. And I, I didn't know anything about it. Then. I had no idea. But anyway, so uh, what, I did come down sort of a bit of a cold or flu or something. And I went to him and he gave me, gave me something. Some, and I have no idea. And I tried to track him down, actually. But I, I didn't, that was probably the first time I had anything to do with homeopaths so he was a German doctor who'd given up um, given up medicine you know pharmaceutical medicine because he could see that he was doing he said I was doing more harm than good and he said and he said a lot of doctors in Germany actually practice homeopathic medicine and I think that was what needs to happen here I think we've got too many quacks that don't know enough about anatomy don't know enough and they need, we need to have a homeopathic hospital, which is what we had here in New Zealand in Auckland in Princess Street, 
we had one in the late 19th century. What happened? Pharmaceutical company bought the land, chucked them out, and they lost it. And that, that was a very successful hospital. Nobody died in that hospital. People were actually cured. People got better. And the homeopaths were doctors. And that's what we need. We need tra- medically trained homeopathic doctors, which is what they have in, in uh, Delhi. Was it New Delhi? In India, anyway. I, I know another Indian, Dr. Saini. He's, he's, he's in, in Brisbane now, but he was in Auckland. And uh, he's quite a good doctor. And he trained as a homeopathic. He had a choice as a homeopathic doctor. He trained in, the, in a proper hospital situation. And so, you know, in India, homeopathy is very big. Very big in Germany as well, as, you know, as this German doctor told me. So he gave it up. Imagine that. That's what Hahnemann did. He could see that he was doing more harm than good. So he gave up. His, um, you know, his sorcery. The Bible calls pharmakia sorcery. That's the translation. And and you know what? That that's proving COVID sh- should be waking a lot of people up. It's becoming more and more. It's all about making money. It's demonic. If there's money, the love for the love of money is the root of all evil. And doctors now, we have all the good doctors have left New Zealand. Um, New Zealand pharmaceutical, you know, sort of doctors, the allopathic method, they've left. I know so many that have left. You don't know because if you listen to the mainstream media, they're not going to be reporting this, are they? Are you? But just people in my circle, I know that they have left and gone and done other things. Uh, One lady, she just decided she's just going to be a housewife. She just decided that she's been a doctor for years. And um, she wasn't allowed to practice because she was giving people exemptions and they sacked her basically told her not to come back oh we've got something on the boil i'll be right back and then we'll have a look and see talk about don oliver this sorry john john oliver kiwis cry foul over the foreign interference of the bird of the century campaign we'll we'll be back with that in just a moment i'll be right back what should the penalty be for saying that the prophet muhammad sexually assaulted a nine-year-old insulting the prophet according to islamic law would result in death death penalty for me as well even though i'm not muslim after full due process if you are convicted of that crime of blasphemy then you would be put to death good thing i'm not in an islamic country the european enlightenment thinkers they advocated the death penalty within muslim colonies for anyone for example who insulted the french flag so according to these liberal thinkers it is worth executing these individuals who are speaking out against secularism for the greater good of liberalizing these colonies i'm a liberal secular humanist and i oppose the things that he just talked about and he has to reach back way into history before secular humanism even existed and commit an equivocation fallacy to suggest that that was secular humanism and action before it even existed. You are, that's right. Okay, 26 minutes to six here, the Liberty NZ Breakfast with Grant Edwards, and we're looking at this Don, Don John, I keep going Don, John Oliver, and uh, so they've made a bombshell claim Oliver's heavyweight. Let's see they have. They've played on the Don Oliver thing too. I quite like the way these some of these writers, even though it is Radio New Zealand, there's some clever people in there, mortified like that Susie Wiles thing. Vaccinologists will kill you, mortified. You know, <laughs> I can see this. There's, I think there's some good people in there writing this stuff, uh, and it doesn't say who it is. Actually, it just says um, the health reporter or some you know, what, sort of like local reporter. Doesn't actually give the name. I don't think. Let's have a look and see who wrote that. Uh, no, don't put the name on it. There we are. That's Helen. Oh, that's that Helen Petrusus Harris. She was a half-wit too, wasn't she? They're just absolutely just pushing the death jab. 
She was. Okay, a lot of people have died. I would say hundreds of thousands of people have died. Millions, hundreds of millions probably, if you think about it, because a lot of people are in denial. A lot of people are dying all over the world, and um, they're not sort of, um, and everyone's running scared. All the people that were involved in, in pushing it on, on us and are all pretending that it's not, and they're all leaving their jobs, aren't they? Leaving their jobs. Look at Ardern, you know, just gave, you know, she, I reckon she had a nervous breakdown anyway. Uh, but uh, she had, she has all the signs, I, I believe, of um, a mentally unstable woman, and uh, that's why I think she just fin- finally got on top of her. She realised, gosh, we're in the poop here, we're in the poop. And then Bloomfield, he did a runner to the United Nations, and now he's doing all sorts of other other things that are a bit of a worry that's, that's going to affect New Zealand. Okay, so dear John, um, so we've made a bombshell claim over the over Oliver's heavy. Oh, this is John John Love heavyweight uh, support for the. Pukitiki tiki tiki is it? Putiki tiki, yes, putiki tiki, and that's tantamount to Russia's meddling in the 2016 U.S. presidential election, which they didn't. That was absolute rubbish. Trump won that fair and square, even though they tried to cheat, and then they really had to cheat. They had no idea that uh, that that his um, support would be so great, and then but they were ready for it in the 2020 election. They were ready for Trump, and uh, he was leading, leading. All of a sudden, then all of a sudden, the counting stopped, didn't it? It stopped because then they started the cheating. And they definitely did cheat. And it'll come out in the wash one day. We'll know. Now, moving over to sport, world sport. The AFL club pays out a record $6 million to a paedophile's victim. Only one. There was more than one. The West. Uh, this is the Western Bulldogs. They've been ordered to fork out $6.4 uh, million that's New Zealand pay, Pacific pesos. <laughs> In compensation, so $6.4 million New Zealand in compensation to a child sex abuse victim, only the one, after the jury found that the club failed to stop a pedophile who preyed on young boys. So he's obviously preyed on more than one. What about a class action and get this pedophile sorted out properly? So... So the club has to pay that out. They should be paying out more than that just to one per- person because it says singular here to outplay paid it to one victim. It should be they should pay it to all the boys that were parents that had to put up with this rubbish, sending kids off to do sport, and you've got some flippin' pedophile, some pervert wanting to prey on them. Trauma of baby loss made worse by lack of support for parents. Well, well, I don't know about that. I don't know. Is it the doctor's role to be pandering around us? I think because the communists they don't they want to destroy the family. I think. It's families that should be supporting a mother uh, and husband uh, when they have lost, and you shouldn't be um, having children unless you are a mother, uh, you know, wife, husband, and wife. You should be in marriage if you're going to have kids. It's just a, it's a nonsense, and you stick together forever. It's duty. It's not about love and all that rubbish that comes and goes. Love, love, love. What's that? Um, it's about duty, and that's what we've forgotten here. Uh, that's what, and you, the duty that you have to your husband and your wife and your children that you've brought into the world you've got to stick with it and make it work you've got to you've got to be adult and make it work you don't walk away you don't walk away from a marriage when you've got children involved but that's what they do and 80% of marriage marriages um, the the people that file for divorce uh, leave the leave the uh, matrimonial home are women and so they've got some problems there they're in too too much too much influence from the outside world you know too many never let them go out to work keep them home barefoot and pregnant in the kitchen because you let them go out to work and then there's all this you know sort of like a dog let off the chain <laughs> i am kidding but uh, you know when they they shouldn't be working their job is to look after the children to look after you make makes things easier for you so when you come home after a hard day's work providing for your wife uh, and then she's there for you that's how it should be 
And uh, men do better that way. Women do better that way. Look, I know so many women. They just say, all I want to be is a mother at home. They're out there in the working, working, uh, you know, men's environment. Really, it should, it's really should it's a man's domain. Women aren't built for it anyway. They get a period once a month, and then, you know, it's like a mental disorder every month. And, you know, it's tough for them, but it's much easier if they're just looking after the children, nurturing them, and um, keeping that house tidy because there's too many filthy homes out there. And guys come home and they get irritable. You know, they've worked hard, they've provided, they've given all the money, and the place is a filthy pigsty. Or she wants you to get a, a cleaner in because she's too lazy to do it herself, and that's more money. So some of them are quite expensive to run. So you don't want that. You want one that's going to be quite cheap to run and one that's going to support you. And then you'll love her. You're commanded in the scriptures to love her. You know, so you've got to learn to love love her. She doesn't have to love you. She just has to honor you. That's what the Bible says. Women, to, uh, you're to honor your husbands, and men, you're to love your wives. And children, you're to, you're to obey your parents in all things. And parents, you're not to discourage them. You, there's a fine line between discipline and discouraging your children. You've just got to get it just right. You've got to encourage them. Okay, so they're talking about parental bereavement, support environment, there's been a new scan report, apparently, and which has just been released by the Tiwata Aura, which is some funny name they've given to the health department. We'll call it that. Uh, they said that service varies widely among the regions. Well, it does, especially after the COVID pandemic. I mean, a lot of doctors left. Heaps of doctors and nurses just walked off the job, but the media didn't report on that, did they? Oh, no, we can't have the truth getting out. And so... Anyway, so basically they're saying that, that, we, that, that doctors and nurses need to... No, no, it's a family that supports you. And uh, like I said before, the communists want to get rid of the family. So it's your, it's your wife and your husband and your wife. You support one another and your family. They come together and they support you. It's not up to strangers to be supporting you when you've lost a child. And it's, very, it's a terrible thing. Terrible, terrible thing, and but it's your family that should be. So that's what I would encourage, and I don't think it's something that the taxpayer should be paying for. It's just another thing, just to make another industry out of something, which is just a nonsense, really. So just, you know, mum and dad, mums and dads, granddads and nanas and whatever, they, they're the ones that should be supporting you. Be more family-orientated. Now, the U.S. says the Palestinians must govern Gaza post-war. Well, I think that's absolute rubbish because they've already done that, haven't they? And what happened? They, they, 80% of them voted for a terrorist organization called Hamas. So they've got, um, they've got street battles are raging apparently in the Gaza city with Hamas fighters. They're not fighters. They're not Hamas fighters. They're, Hamas, they're terrorists, criminal terrorists. That have um, that have taken over the place, and and they've got the full support of, of most of the Arabs, and they're not Palestinians. It's a made-up, invented term, really, brought into popularity by Yasser Arafat, um, who was the son of the Grand Mufti, rather the nephew of the Grand Mufti of Jerusalem during the Second World War, when Hitler had a meeting with Husseini. This is Yasser Arafat's uncle, Uncle Husseini, had a meeting with him, and Hitler said, I want to make this very clear, and this is on record in Germany, in a museum, I think, um, I want you to make this very clear, he said, I want to make this very, he probably said it in, how would he have said it? I don't know. Would have said it in English? Don't know. Anyway, they had a meeting, probably interpreters, he said, this is what you need to get clear. Hitler said this to Husseini the Grand Mufti of Jerusalem during the 1940s. This is not a war of boundaries. This is a war of the annihilation of the Jewish people. Now, the media aren't going to tell you this, but what Hamas want, what most Arabs want, is actually the destruction of the Jews. They want to kill every Jew in the world. Why is that? Because their death cult, which is Islam, 
is, it, it is invented by the Roman Catholic Church, according to uh, a Spanish Jesuit and others, um, Alberto Rivera. He said that when he went to Rome as a young Jesuit, they learned from Cardinal Beer that the Roman Catholic Church invented Islam and wrote the Quran so that they could harness the children of the sons of Ishmael. Abraham had a son called Ishmael to an Egyptian handmaiden. The half-brother is Isaac. This war, as I've said before, is over two. It's about the, the promise that God gave to Abraham and his descendants. And of course, because Ishmael was the firstborn, but he was born, he was born to a handmaiden. And so he's not the child of the promise. He is not, and so, but he's the father of the Arab nations. God said, I'll make you great, but you'll be a wild man. And what have we got today? We won't make a liar out of God. That's how it works. And so, but the promise, the children of the promise is Abraham, Isaac, his son, and his son, J- uh, Jacob, and all the, the, the tribes, the 12 tribes, 12 tribes of Israel. They've been dispersed after Titus sacked Jerusalem in AD 70. When Jesus said in uh, uh, 30, he said uh, that not one stone would be left unturned in this temple. There was gold in the temple. He prophesied that not one stone would be left unturned. That gold was chipped off by people looking for the gold. Chip, every stone was, was, unturned, was overturned. Not one was left unturned, just as it was prophesied by the Creator himself in human form, the image of God here on earth. Forty years later, Titus sacked Jerusalem. The Jews were scattered into the diaspora right throughout the world. And now the Bible says, I'll bring you back into the land which I've scattered you. I'll put hooks in your nose and I'll draw you from the four corners of the earth. This is a Bible prophecy. It happened in 1948. That's when it started. They'd been scattered for pretty much 2,000 years. They're coming back. They're coming back into the land. It's like Ezekiel's dry bones, the valley of the dry bones. You know, the left bone, <laughs> that song is, what is it now, the, the ankle bones? Oh, I, can't, I can't remember it, but it's basically, they did a song on it, but it's about, I think it's Ezekiel, some 30-something, 7, 8, somewhere around there, and where this, the image of the dry bones, and that was, um, that was symbolic of Israel, this army, and they come back to life again. Sinew comes onto the body, the bones all come back together and gets attached. And then God breathes life into it. God hasn't breathed life into Israel yet, but it's coming. The Spirit of God's going to come into Israel. The, the elect of Israel, I believe it's the Messianic Jew. You know, Mary was a Messianic Jew. The Apostle Paul was a Messianic Jew. All the disciples are Messianic, and I believe that that's what we're going to have. when In, in the seven-year tribulation period, when God deals that, that final uh, week of Daniel's um, prophecy, the 70-week 70 70 prophecy, we've had 69 of those weeks. It turned out, according to Robert Anderson, that it was 69 weeks of Jewish calendar years. God put it in code so it couldn't be sort of counterfeited. And so there's one more week to go. So we've got seven years. This is Jewish calendar, 360-day year in the Jewish calendar, which is the same as the lunar calendar. And so we've got um, that to come. And when that happens, uh, that's when God's going to be dealing with Israel and really seriously dealing with them. And it's happening now. It's starting to happen. And then when the Lord returns with his saints, the Bible says the Lord returns with ten thousands of his saints. He puts his foot on on, and splits open the Mount of Olives. He kills the Antichrist, the head of the Western Alliance, the homosexual Jew, 
who sets up his image according to Jesus and also Daniel, the abomination of desolation. And he puts it in, in that temple there that's going to be rebuilt. And, the, and Jesus is actually going to set it up properly. But he, so he puts it in the holy place. That you, when you therefore see the abomination of desolation spoken of by Daniel the prophet, said Jesus, stand in the holy place and let all of you, everyone's got to run for the hills because something big's going to happen. And I don't know, they've got nuclear weapons, they've got all sorts of stuff. But anyway, they've got the secret weapon that's called the velocity factor of seven, which Barry Smith spoke about back in the 90s, where it could just rip the skin off you before you even hit the ground and, and your eyes just consume in your head. And that's, that's actually a biblical, um, in the Bible, it talks about armies that, that that actually happens to near the end. But this great war is, is in the battle, battle of Armageddon. It's going to be held in northern Israel, and it's in a place called uh, the Valley of Medigo. And there it is up there, Jezreel, I think it's called Valley. That's another name for it. But that's where the big battle is, and that's where Napoleon stood out over it and said, this is a fine place for a battle. Better than, getting, better than putting your kids and women and children, which is what the Arab terrorists do. They use women and children as human shields. No, real men go out on battlefields and fight that way, away from civilians. They don't involve civilians. And Israel doesn't want to involve them, but they have no choice. They have no choice because they're hiding amongst women and children. And also General Allenby, too, uh, in the First World War, when he took uh, for the United Kingdom, took uh, the area, the so-called Palestine. It was called Palestine because the Romans wanted to change the name of Israel to wipe Israel from the face of the map. More satanic rubbish to try and hide God and God's children, his chosen nation. They are a special, a, a peculiar people. God has made them peculiar. And he wants them to be separate from the rest of the world. And, uh, and they are. And they're very special to God. And so Christians that are out there that are denigrating the Jew, here's a warning for you. The Bible says, those who, kill, who curse Israel, I will curse. And those who bless you, I will bless. So never, you never want to say a wrong thing about a Jew, ever. Never, never, ever, ever. And we've got some bad Jews. Yep, we are. The Antichrist is going to be a bad Jew, isn't he? He's going to be an actually, actually um, possessed by Satan himself. So he'll, he'll receive a mortal wound, the Bible says. I think it'll be like a counterfeit of Jesus dying. Uh, he'll, he'll pretend that he is God. That's what the Bible says. He says he makes himself out to be God. He speaks boastful words. And I believe he'll be assassinated at the beginning of his, when he comes to the political scene. And I believe that the Roman Catholic Pope will be the other beast which is going to promote him. Just as Hitler was promoted by the Roman Catholic Church, he was following out Vatican orders. I believe the Antichrist, the beast, the, the man of sin, is going to be really not fully possessed until after he's, he's actually revived again. He comes back to life miraculously after, and I think it'll be three days, just as Jesus, just as Jonah was in the belly of the whale for three days and three nights. That's a prophecy for Jesus. Just as he was in the grave for three days and three nights, and it wasn't a Friday night to a Sunday. That's not three days and three nights. He was crucified on a Wednesday because it was a Sabbath on the Thursday. At Wednesday at sunset, there was a Sabbath that day, a double Sabbath. So he was in he was in the grave three full days and three full nights. He rose from the dead after sunset on Saturday, and he was seen on Sunday morning. That's why it's called the Lord's Day, because that was the day he was seen. Okay, so um, we've got Israel there. We've got um, they saying who's going to who's going to be um, um, you know I, I I don't believe that the 
so-called Palestinians are able to govern that area. And the Bible tells us that it's going to be, it's, it belongs to the, the Jews anyway. It doesn't belong to the Arabs. And they're Arabs. They're not Palestinians. That's just an invented term. You know, Yasser Arafat was the one that coined it, really, and got it going. It's all invented. And these people are just basically Egyptians and, you know, Jordanians and, you know, all, all sorts of people. They're just being used, really, just in a proxy war, Arabs against the Jews. And it's designed to just basically kill off the, they want to kill every single Jew. That's the truth of it. The mainstream media won't tell you that, but that's what's happening. They want to kill them all. They don't want to live with in a two-state solution. They want every Jew dead. And I tell you what, Dennis Prager said that if the, if the uh, Arabs, so-called Palestinians, if they put down their weapons today, there'd be peace in that, in that area, in Israel and the Middle East. There'd be peace there tomorrow. But if the Israelis, if the Jews put down their weapons today, they'd be slaughtered in their beds tonight. I think so many Gen Zers say, you know, I don't want to have families, I don't want to have kids. Whenever I get married and have kids, because that's always like the thing that I've wanted most is to be a mom. My mom is just an incredible example of what a mother can be, and she just dedicated her life to being a really, really engaged parent. I was like, that's what I want to do. I want to be able to build humans. I always grew up planning on having at least two kids, and then I heard from Meet Kevin, and I was like, why do you want to have so many kids? He's like, think about it this way, man. They're your best friends. Why would you not want more best friends? And I was like, well, that makes sense. That's Brent Cooper. Mm. Okay, it's uh, three minutes to six, and at six o'clock we'll be back to uh, TNT Radio News, taking the latest from them. And uh, we're back over still here at Radio New Zealand, having a look at the fake stream media and see what they've got dished up. And it says here the Electoral Commission probe concerned. They're concerned about voting at the Tea Party Māori, which is the Māori Party candidates, Marae. So they have them voting out there. They've been doing all sorts of funny things, offering them food and stuff like that. That's not on. You're not allowed to do that. The Electoral Commission is investigating concerns raised over the voting place at Manurira Marae. And uh, that's the Māori Party candidate, Ta Kutai Tash Kemp. She's the, um, that's the chief executive Maori Party candidate. Now, Kemp won the Tamaki Makara, which is Auckland, means Auckland electorate, by four votes over Labour's Penny Henere. But due to the tight results of a judicial, a judicial recount of the seats will start on Monday. And I don't know whether that's after the weekend or whether that's already started. Not sure. This was done uh, yesterday, so I'm sure it's going to be after the weekend. Now, um, Acting Electoral Commission Chair Jane Mears, she told Checkpoint, that's Radio New Zealand's Checkpoint, I think that's at night, isn't it? Concerns had been raised over the use of the Marae as a voting place, but she said that the Marae, like all other voting places, had been carefully assessed and that the assessment found it was appropriate. Now, she says it was recommended to us by the community because it's extensively used by them because health services are provided there. She said acknowledging that people need the opportunity to vote at a range of voting places at an electorate and having assurances that candidates would not be involved in any way in the voting place, we decided that we would use it. So they have to get approval. Now the Commission also received complaints about activities at the Marae, including where the food being provided at the vote um, at the uh, voting could be considered treating. Now treating is the practice of offering food and drink and entertainment, that sort of thing, for the purposes of influencing a vote. And it's it's an offence under the Electoral Act. Now, according to Mears, you said, we've had some complaints about voters being offered food during the 
the, the, uh, the advance voting period and we've made sure that the Marae understood the rules around the treaty. Obviously, they didn't listen to you. She said, it's my understanding that it is quite a high bar for, uh, uh, for the offence of treating to be engaged. She said it was uh, inappropriate to speak further while the Commission worked through some of the complaints and if it found concerns were not valid, it may not speak further on it. So anyway, there are complaints and I'll guarantee that's what they're doing. That's exactly what they're doing. And uh, so that'll be interesting to see if she holds on to that seat, that electorate, won't it? Yes, it will. Now, um, what else have we got happening here? Long blacks and flat whites. Now, I think that's the police. It is. Police try new cop cafe recruitment initiative. That's They're trying this out in Northland. So there's a new initiative, and it's aimed at breaking down barriers, holding Northlanders back from signing up for a career in the police. Well, I think I know why. Northland was where Jacinda put us down, put us into lockdown over one apparent case because we wouldn't do what we were told. We didn't want to get vaccinated. Well, not we, but the people up there in, in Northland didn't want to be vaccinated. It was the hardest place to convince to get jabbed, actually. And so that's why it all sort of turned to custard. So a lot of police, too, a lot of police didn't want to go and help with the heavy-handed tactics and a lot of police left and so they realise that the older cops are more of a, a bit of a problem so they're trying to recruit young ones and that's a silly idea because they don't have any world experience and I don't think police should be able to be police until they're at least late 20s, early 30s um, 19 is far too young now the plan does not include donuts so, so they obviously whoever wrote this watches far too much American television because it's only American cops that have the donuts here in New Zealand we go and have a pie a pie and a don't uh, did they drink coffee in the old I don't know pie didn't have a donut I don't know I think it's mostly a, we like a pie don't we of course we do a big bean pie or something disgusting like that for the past three days police have been uh, basing themselves in cafes around the far north as part of a novel recruitment drive, Sergeant Roger Deloff, uh, Defoff, is that his name? Defoff. Yeah, it is. It's got a P and an H. Be Defoff, Defoff, I suppose. He's he's so far he's brought his caffeine fueled mission to Breaking Bread Cafe in Kaikoui. Muscle Rock in Kaitaia and Sharp Cafe in Kerikeri. He says it's about supporting new recruits and people looking to join uh, to just let go of their apprehensions and give it a go. And that's a silly thing to do. Now, I'll just read a bit more and then I'll tell you what my take on this. It's letting them realise that they, that they have the potential to not let anything hold them back. A lot of guys are a bit, and he calls it fuckama, which is shy, and so a lot of guys are a bit shy about joining. They think probably that they're not fit enough or they're not academically ready or there's, you know, they'll, they'll surprise themselves, he reckons. So this cop here, this recruiting guy going around the cafes, um, he's, what is he doing? He says, we're human. We come with the same stories. Look, the problem is, he said, he, he actually is based in Kawakawa. That's where Shane Chafin basically tried to ask the Prime Minister, who was giving a, a, a jab speech at the vaccination centre up there in, in Kawakawa, and, and um, um, he, he, old Shane Chafin, he asked, he's a board-certified pharmacist, and he said, you know, what about Israel with the report there? And just asking normal questions, because he was actually the health um, correspondent for Counterspin Media at the time. Anyway, she wouldn't answer his questions. He, she was saying that he, he has to be... He had to be um, what was it like a bona fide you know obviously propagandist who wasn't going to answer it anyway so she actually it actually wrecked the whole thing and then we had a lovely Mary girl who was singing a Waiata and uh, she was making havoc lots of resistance to that jab up there in Kawakawa 
fantastic. And then we had cops that were basically just enforcers. So anyway, he said that he wanted to join. This is his cop. This is uh, Defoff. He wanted to join when he was 19. However, he had self-doubt. And so he didn't actually finish his application process. He didn't try again until he was 30, which I think is the right time. But the New Zealand police, the woke New Zealand police, Andrew Acosta, Acosta <laughs> he, they don't want older cops. They don't want people with experience. They want you young. They want you 19 so that you're young and stupid and impressionable. or easier to brainwash. And instead of being a, uh, instead of being a constabulary of keeping the peace, they're training you to be enforcers for the government. That's what it's about. That's my take on it. They don't want older people with world experience in life and how to get along with people. They want young people who they can brainwash every day. And it is. They, it, they, ch- they change their minds in there. You know, you go in there and uh, it's just like a daily programming, just a daily brainwashing. Uh, and turning you into a, a corrupt human being, in my opinion. That's what's happened to New Zealand Police Force. And when NZ Law get in in 2026, oh gosh, I've talked right through the news, you stupid boy. That was a bit That was a bit dumb, wasn't it? I wonder if I can catch it. No, it's all gone completely. I talked right through it. Oh, that was, um, never mind. We'll catch it again at seven, you know. Anyway, I'm far more interesting anyway, aren't I? Oh, probably not. Okay, so that's what that's what my take on it is. I believe that um, they just want to get cops young so that they can imp- they're impressionable and they can brainwash them into doing things that you wouldn't normally do uh, when you're a little bit older, got a bit more world experience, and um, yeah, that's that's my take on it anyway. Now, uh, Auckland bus project is at risk if regional fuel uh, tax stops. Apparently, according to Mayor Wayne Brown, now. There was something else that he was. Hang on, I've just got to go back to where I was. I'm on news. I need to go home. There we are, and it's all changed now. I can't find where I was working because they've back. They've actually. Oh, it might be over at News Hub. Let's go and see if it's there. There's some interesting things on News Hub. But look, I'll be back in a minute. I'll just gather myself, gather my thoughts together, and I'll be right back. It's six minutes past six. In my opinion, the first step you have to take is you have to get out from under the control mechanisms. And that means blow up your TV, don't listen to the fear porn, um, and set yourself free of debt, which is what controls you and controls everything around you. It is the weapon that is used. Absolutely right, and that's Dr. Robert Malone. Well, he was a champion, wasn't he, during the the COVID um, pandemic. Okay, we're over at News Hub there, and the story here came out of Australia. They've pulled a Christmas Mary ham mass, that's a handbag, <laughs> from the shelves after criticism from the Australian Jewish Association, and rightly so. Look at it. You know, I think it was an honest mistake, you know, Hamas, you know, Christmas, I think Mary, Mary Hamas, and it just looked like Mary Hamas. So Kmart has issued an apologies after the Jewish community. They took issue with the Christmas handbag that appeared to accidentally promote the terrorist organisation. And I'm glad they said that, terrorist organisation, that's what it is. The Australian, it was a $4 Christmas handbag emblazoned with the slogan, Mary Mary Ham Mass, you know, so ham hyphen mass. And it's being removed from the retailer's shelves right across the ditch. So that's that story. So Hamas, of course, we know they're the Palestinian terrorist group, criminal group of criminals which have taken over the Gaza. 80% of um, Gazans actually voted for them. So, you know, they, you know, what did they think was going to happen? 
That's why I was watching some documentaries last night. What on earth did the Palestinians think was going to happen? If I mean, did they know that Hamas, you know, was um, backed by Iran and other other um, state operators? Did they know it was going to happen? And what did they think would happen when Israel was attacked and they slaughtered 1,400 innocent women and children, took away over 240 hostages? Uh, you know, what did they think would happen to them? Did you think Israel would do nothing? And so it's the whole world, you know, they're saying, oh, we need to stop, stop this. What did you think would happen? And then the lies that are being told about Israel carpet bombing and rubbish like that. Israel are strategically taking out terrorists. That's what they're doing. And they're very successful at it. They've been doing it for a long time. And now they are actually leading uh, Palestinians that don't, so-called Palestinians, Arabs, basically. They're getting them into safe places. They've actually now taken control of northern Gaza, Gaza City. And I think there's been a 33, uh, um, 33 um, IDF soldiers that have lost their lives, I'm sad to say. Young, young men have lost their lives defending their right to exist because the Arabs want them all gone. They want them dead. Anyway, so what they're doing is, um, and I think that, and then you listen, if you're going to listen to Pallywood, which is Palestinian Hollywood, uh, with the numbers at 10,500 deaths, you know, you, that, that'll, that'll be nonsense because it's, they, they've just so, you've just got to look at history. Are they going to stop lying? Because they've told lots of lies. They've got this, it's like a TV crews running around, you know, when you see all this footage, uh, often it's just fake. And um, so, you know, Israel, you know, they're much maligned. Why? Because they're God's chosen people. That's why the devil hates them. They've been taking um, people that want to get to a safe place in the south. They've been escorting them out. And this is the Israeli armed Israeli soldiers. And these uh, Palestinians, they've, they've got to wave a white flag and then they know. And they've got to check to make sure they haven't got a bomb strapped to their um, brassiers or whatever it is. So, yeah, it's not easy for them. But um, the Israelis, and they're saying that the Gazans should be, you know, that, that Palestine should, Palestinians rather, so-called, they say that they should be ga- governing Gaza. Well, that's just rubbish. We've tried that, haven't we? That didn't work. Gave them all this extra land back in northern Gaza. When, that, when did that happen? It wasn't Shimon Peres, was it? Was it him? Edward Barak, he came after. Uh, in 2005, they, gave, they took their own settlers. They removed them from their homes using the IDF. It was terrible. It was a day of shame. And they moved them from their homes, the settlers, and brought them back further into Israel, uh, away from the Gazan area. And they gave all that land back to or gave it gave it to them did not back because it's israeli land according to the bible they gave it to the arabs in gaza and what did they do within a year they voted for a terrorist organization which charter says that the destruction the annihilation of the jewish people not a two states they don't want any two state they want to kill all the jews so they actually were being governed by a terrorist organization among and they're not the only ones. Gaza, you know, Hamas aren't the only ones, and so eighty percent of the people voted for them. So, what did they expect was going to happen when their terrorist organisation government decided to attack peaceful settlers in the south and slaughter fourteen hundred people that are unarmed and take not prisoners, hostages, kidnap people and took them back into this horrible, disgusting. A place where where women are being raped, uh, you know, like hourly, about, and, and they're all just doing it, and it's just disgraceful. We've heard reports of that. Um, I was reading one yesterday. It's just it's terrible. Now, where was I? I was over at a friend of mine, a Jewish friend of mine. And he's got he's got some of those those things, and I've posted them on NZ Liberty Liberty NZ. I've posted them 
on on the Facebook page of Liberty NZ. Go there, go there and friend Liberty NZ, and uh, we'll, he'll friend you back, and we'll post as much stuff as we can. It's important that the world realizes what these animals, what these barbaric terrorist criminals are doing uh, when they took 1,400 Israelis, murdered them, slaughtered them. Uh, They were pretty much mostly civilians. I think there were a few um, soldiers as well or people that they call reservists, that sort of thing. And, um, you know, and now what did they think was going to happen? So, and that's happening. You cannot allow this to, if if Israel didn't react, they would just continue to do it, just like mucking around with them. So they need to be firm and Israel need to go in and take full control of the Gaza Strip and and if they did that if they go in there and they set it up they can have it actually beautiful and it'll be better for the people living there way better than what they've got now because it's it's tyranny now people living there they'll be live they can't leave they're being used as human shields and um, and that's what they do that's what these horrible people do these wicked evil uh, people that are controlling the area and so they need to be all chased out of there and you know what what i think is disgraceful is that uh egypt has said that if israel tries to move 2.4 however many million people there are in those garden cities move them you know to egypt which is where they come from they're all egyptians <laughs> of course they are they're all arabs so if they try to do that they will they are happy to sacrifice them they will kill them so they 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 should be going to an arab country because they speak arabic but Israel has to take them in. They have to take in their enemy. They're already giving them water. They do. Up until recently, they said that we'll turn it all back on. We'll turn everything back on, electricity back on, which you don't pay for anyway. They don't pay for it. Um, when you release our hostages, when you release the people that you've kidnapped and you're, you're treating abominably. And uh, so, no, I would be very heavy handed. I would there'd be no let up until they met our demands. They've got to destroy Hamas and destroy any other terrorist organizations that are in there. And I would say the best thing to do is for them to push them all back into Egypt where they came from anyway, they're Arabs, and they can be dispersed into the Arab world, and Israel takes over the Gaza Strip. And if any Arabs, because they do, there are Arabs that are in the, you know, in the Knesset, there are Arabs uh, that are in the IDF, there, I think there's even Muslims in the IDF. So, you know, they're not all bad. I wouldn't trust them, but, you know, Israel do. That just goes to show you how democratic they are. It's coming up to 15 minutes past six, and I'm sorry about talking right through the news. Sort of got a bit carried away there. So anyway, I definitely think that Israel needs to take full control of it, of the Gaza Strip, and um, actually I think all of it, actually. That's uh, the whole area. And the Bible tells us that God will give it to them anyway. From the river Euphrates all the way to the Mediterranean Sea, is going to be- it belongs to the Jew. And as far north as the eye can see, these are the promises to Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. Not Ishmael, the, son, the father of the Arab nations. Not them. They didn't get the promise. This is to the Jews. And, uh, so, and as far north as southern Russia, almost Russia, is right up there, and all the way south to North Africa. That belongs to the 12 tribes of Israel. And that, you'll see that. I believe that we'll see that soon. Because when the Lord Jesus returns, he's going to be ruling from Jerusalem. And it'll be a theocracy. There won't be any. There won't be any. We're going to have one thousand year reign on earth with the Lord Jesus Christ, and when He returns, He'll be returning on in flaming fire with His mighty angels and the saints. The Bible says the Lord returns with ten thousands of His saints, and He's going to take vengeance on all those that know not God and obey not the gospel. So you've been warned. Just say no. 
rise up in a nonviolent way. They can't imprison everyone. They can't fire everyone. But they can fire individuals that are separated and don't work together and give into the fear. And don't sacrifice your future for a few conveniences now in the present. You should sacrifice maybe the present conveniences so that you're going to have a future. You know, and the girls might ask, well, you know, I gave the guy what he wanted. Why didn't he call me? And the answer is no, you gave his impulsive libido what it wanted. And that's what you established a relationship with. But you completely sacrificed any possibility at all of being attractive to his more mature and potentially long-term productive and sophisticated self. You make yourself attractive to that by saying, not on your life, joker. Was the Pfizer COVID vaccine tested on stopping the transmission of the virus before it entered the market? Um, regarding the question around, um, did we know about stopping humanization before um, it entered the market? No. Uh, these, um, you know, we had to really move at the speed of science. And you're telling me that oh. a guy that has women throwing themselves at him 24 7 had to rape somebody? That doesn't make sense to me. Well, I don't, think, women coming no, out I don't, think, I don't think you can make the leap that that couldn't happen. I didn't say it couldn't. I'd say it's very unlikely. Like, is Elon Musk, is he going to rob a bank? <laughs> Probably not. I think it's certainly less likely, but he could do it. All right, we're back on Radio New Zealand. No, we're not. We've moved off them. I mean, the Black Caps. I'll just tell you about this too. The Black Caps in sport. Black Caps edge closer to Cricket World Cup semi-final. The Black Caps have ended a four-match slump with a big victory over Sri Lanka at the Cricket World Cup in India. That just came out four minutes ago. There we are. And um, libraries are fighting to survive under a tight council budgets. I mean, they stop people from going into there. If you weren't vaccinated, you weren't allowed to go to the go there so why would you bother with them that's what I'd say I'd say all these places universities are struggling because they wanted to make people be vaccinated and and kids to wear masks and stuff like that so people said oh stuff that I'll just stay say I'll get a job I'll go and go and become an electrician or something like that get paid more and you don't have this huge debt and uh, parents you know thinking parents are starting to advise their kids you know to forget about university it's just a place where you learn Marxism where you learn how to be sort of a communist because it's just fully infiltrated so we need to get rid of all that need to have a thorough thrush, a, thrush, a flush out of first the police the government is, of course all the criminals there the 121 criminals that are in the parliament at the moment they all need to go that'll ha- hopefully happen in 2026 under NZ Loyal then they'll have to get rid of the police and get rid of the corruption there that's what um uh, what was the name? Uh, uh, the, the New York guy, what, Trump's lawyer for a while there, Rudy Giuliani. That's what he did in New York. He actually got rid of all the corruption within um, sort of uh, local government and the police force. And then he had a zero tolerance. Uh, so he'd pick you up for a speeding ticket because they found that if people break the law in something small, they were probably breaking bigger laws as well. And that's what they found. And that's how they cleaned up New York under Rudy Giuliani. Of course, it's all turned to pot now, hasn't it? And now they're trying to take Trump's empire off him in New York. And uh, that's just a witch hunt. Absolutely shocking. And it'll be interesting to see uh, how that pans out. I, it's uh, These people are there's some pretty nasty people. Okay, so we're back here at um, News Hub here, and of course with the, their top stories are the Cricket World Cup, uh, the Black Caps cruise past Sri Lanka, and then you've got the Labour insider hopes White loses the recount. Now that's Mount Albert, I think. Um, another says she's condescending and entitled. We'll have a quick look at that. Amelia Wade election 2023 analysis. This is Amelia's a reporter for News Hub. 
So it says here, Labour insider, so she's a leaker, hopes that Helen White loses the recount. Another says she's condescending and entitled. So uh, this comes on top of the News Hub Wednesday revealing Labour backbencher Helen White's volunteers were leaking against her. White won, I'll just get rid of this video over the top, White won the precious Mount Albert seat by just 20 votes and is facing a recount, but one party insider told News Hub they were hoping 21 votes went the other way so that White would be out. Another said White was condescending and uh, com- she complacent and, and entitled. But possibly even more problematic for leader Chris Hipkins is Labour hasn't even hit the opposition benches yet, and already it's leaking like a sieve. So there's a story you can read when you get to work. It's 20 minutes past six here at the Liberty NZ Breakfast with me, Grant Edwards, and you've got more election stuff here. Footage shows Peter's in the aftermath of talks with ACT. Seymour calls a meeting cordial and promising. And then, of course, they've got the story on the ham mass, the Christmas when they pulled that Australian supermarket chain. And then we've got a Kiwi star. Her name is Belle. I think it's Kylie... Yes, uh, Carly, I should say, Carly Bell. She has won, uh, you won't believe it's fantastic actually, she has won the big, she's won big at the Country Music Award, the CMA, that was in the United States state of Tennessee. Now she took out the Jeff Walker Global Country Award, and that's at the biggest event for the country music worldwide actually, the uh, the award recognises outstanding achievement by a country music artist that was signed by record label outside of the USA. To win, musicians have to boost country music's popularity and bring attention to the genre, uh, the format, in their home country. And so that's what she's done. Now, it's Bell's first CMA and comes just a month after the singer-songwriter reached number 12. That's pretty good going, isn't it, for a Kiwi? Number 12 on the US Billboard charts for digital sales. Australia, uh, Australian artist Casey Barnes and Canadian uh, TB were the other two nominees vying for the same award. But Belle, who was born in Canterbury, she told News Hub two weeks ago that she was excited by the growing popularity of country music around the world. Her 2019 single, Keith, suddenly exploded in popularity this year, and she's thanked Keith Urban... Uh, Kiwi-born Keith Urban, and TikTok for her success. She says it's really all thanks and power to social media and people uh, discovering the song, which was pretty wild, she says. And I think I've got, I'm pretty sure I've got something from her here. Um, Kylie. Yes, Uh, let's have a listen to Kylie and see what she sounds like. Um, Now this is at The Voice. Gosh, it doesn't sound like it's got any volume, but we'll give it a go. Oh, it's messed up. Oh, I was hanging. We'll just go back a bit, just a slow start. We'll just wait for it. It's 22 minutes past six. I remember we were somewhere in your car. Whoa. I fell fast when you stole my heart. The long hot summer that I can't forget. Right. I was hanging off every single word you see. Here's somewhere on the speakers out on the road. It'll okay you on the radio. It's pretty good, isn't it? That's on the voice, and let's let's just hear that. I like that. It's only about a minute to go. And you've got Keith Urban there. He's one of the um, one of the judges. 
out on the road, little KU on the radio. Hands up the window, so I'm taking low, see so raise them up, baby, What's your name? My name is Kaylee Bell and I'm 32 and I'm originally from New Zealand. Well, there she is back in 2019. That song is called Keith and Keith Urban was there. Uh, isn't that great? I'm originally from New Zealand. Fantastic. Back to News Hub now and Auckland Transport AT has backed down on plans to remove car parks on Karangahappi Road after addressing down from Mayor Wayne Brown. The council-controlled organisation said that it recognises consultation with locals should have been better and has apologised. David Yeats. He's run the expert shoe repair shop in Karangahappi Road for more than 25 years. He says it's taken many years to build up our customers. That's what he told News Hub. He said that uh, customers often rely on parking directly outside with parking available from 10am to 3pm. And During peak hours, it's become a bus lane. Actually, it worked okay. But he said that um, it would be terrible if they took that away. Uh, he said that we had customers coming in and they got used to it. Right, they sort of went around the bus times. But then signs went up to signal that from next week there would be no more street parking seven days a week. That's just terrible. So if you take the car parks away and there's nowhere for them to park, even drop off, then businesses are going to suffer, according to Yeats. Auckland Transport initially said that the changes were needed to make way for 100 additional bus services as if they did, really, uh, including the new one, for that's the Western Express. There was a total of 831 weekday bus trips travelling along Karangahappi Road from next week, but they've done a U-turn on it, and I'm really pleased about that. Uh, another lady, Christy Tennant, she owns uh, Open ca- uh, ca- Coffee Cafe, and she said that one of she's one of many business owners annoyed that they weren't properly consulted. She said car parks and loading zones are really important for our diverse business community here. That's what she told News Hub. There's a lot of pickups and drop-offs of businesses. Brown ordered a review on Thursday. That's Mayor Wayne Brown. Good on him. And uh, so that they'll be, um, they've kindly have admitted that they've stuffed up and it was, they were a bit annoyed uh, about that. Anyway, so that's that. So on Thursday afternoon yesterday, Auckland Transport said after strong feedback from local businesses, it will be reinstating the car park spaces. Well, that's good news. So it just goes to show you kick up a bit of a stink and things can happen. Now, we're moving over to motoring here at News Hub and Australia, Toyota Australia recalls more than 30,000 vehicles to fix a bumper defect. Now, apparently, a total of 30,250 affected units are being recalled. This covers all models of the newest generation Kluger, including the hybrid uh, AWD 2.4 litre, the Kruger Petrol 2.4 and the 2.4L, and um, there's another two-wheel drive as well, three-and-a-half litre one there. 
There's a whole heap of them, actually. I won't read it all out, but you can go over to NewsHub and see that headline. The headline is Toyota Australia recalls more than 30,000 vehicles to fix a defect in the bumper. So what's going on here? So the lower resin bumper, so it's just made of resin, and so its cover may detach if damaged during a vehicle operation. Okay. And that was according to an official recall notice issued by the Australian Government Department of Infrastructure. It said, if the lower bumper detaches, it could cause a potential road hazard and increase the risk of an accident or serious injury or death to vehicle occupants and or road users, other road users, according to this notice. So affected owners are being asked to contact Toyota Australia and are requested to make an appointment to have their vehicles inspected and um, they, can, they can make improvements to the fastener. So that was the problem there that was installed. It's going to do it free of charge. But here in New Zealand, according to News Hub, there's no current recalls that are listed on the um, Toyota New Zealand website, which they should be, I think. And that's my opinion. Anyway, 29 minutes past six. Um, this, I will try and get, <laughs> I'll try and make sure I don't talk right through it. It's a bit of a problem, really, because you've got them gas bagging away there. Whereas when I used to do radio years ago, we, it was, the news was on a separate line, and uh, you just push the button, it'll be on. You might put it on 10 minutes before, and then you'd get some warnings, but um, you've got, it's got to have your wits about you. Um, but it's just me here, me and Digger. Oh, yeah, you should, you should have told me that's what you want me to do. Well, I don't know. I, I thought, well... I thought you'd just know, being being as you know, seeing as you've been in radio before, Digger. Yeah, I know. That was a long time ago. It was like nineteen ninety, oh no, nineteen eighty nine, I think, wasn't it? Well, I think it was. It was quite a while ago. Anyway, so we'll keep on moving, shall we? Yeah, all right. Okay, let's do. Um, what should we do to now? We'll come back in a moment and we'll have um, stuff and see what's going on with them. We might just finish off on News Hub. That we'll just see. Here's here's Pearl. She's She's losing her patience. I'm so, like, do you know why this pisses me off so much? Because I'm just so sick of lazy liberal women making a bad name for women in the workplace. God, I'm so sick of it. I'm so sick of women asking to be in a man's world and bitching when they get in it. Either be in a man's world or don't be in a man's world. But don't bitch about the way people talk to you. I don't mind you saying bitch, but I don't like you taking the Lord's name in vain. I don't like you using that word, um, at blaspheming God, Pearl. I think you'll have to stop that. Half past six, and we're over at the... Oh, I've gone to the New Zealand Herald. No, we're not there. We are... Oh, now look, I, just before we leave News Hub, there's also, uh, we're looking at Asia now, New Delphi. It says New, New, New Delhi? New Delphi, it looks like. Oh, New Delhi. It is New Delhi. <laughs> I don't know why I thought there was a P in there. Now, in New Delhi, that's a pretty bad place as far as you know overcrowded very overcrowded they're going to start cloud seeding over there uh, to try and get rid of all the smog and dirt and dust you know how after it rains the air always smells fresher and cleaner and that's because it is because all the dust particles get washed down onto the earth don't they down onto the dirt so in uh, New Delhi plans for the first time to make rain to they're going to make rain to improve the air quality in the city which is the world's most polluted capital apparently and uh, it's been gripped by smog for a week now, the city has already shut all schools, stopped construction activities, and said that it will impose restrictions on vehicle use. Oh, this is, this is, a, you know, this is, a, this is an, you can tell what they're doing, can't you? Honestly, I must think we're stupid, eh? I suppose some of us are. Depending on the legal approval and weather conditions, the local government minister said authorities would try to induce rain from around November the 20th. Now, the air quality deteriorates every year ahead of winter, when cold air traps pollutants from sources including vehicles, 
uh, industry, construction, dust, that sort of stuff, and also agricultural waste burning. And they say, this is the Environmental Minister Gopal Rai, he told reporters there is a possibility that if current weather conditions persist, then this week or till some time in the future, the pollution situation will remain the same. Now, Rai said that the proposal drafted by experts on making rain will be presented to the Supreme Court on Friday. That'll be for them, it's going to be tomorrow. We are Saturday, be there Friday. He says, I believe that given the conditions we have... And and if we get support from, I should read this first, shouldn't I? Um, support from everyone that we can do the first pilot test. Now, what they're going to do in China, Indonesia, and Malaysia, they have previously induced rain. So the environmental department said that they plan to seed the clouds, a technique used uh, with uses substances such as uses silver oxa, ox um, silver um, iodine, and that induces precipitation. You don't want to do that because what's that doing? You know, I'd rather have the dust and the dirt coming down on me than silver iodine. And I think there was um, a lady that I interviewed, now I just cut Claire, Claire Finney, I think her name, or Claire, something like that. She, she watches all this stuff, and I'm pretty sure that she said that stuff is really toxic and not good for you. So you're better off having dust and dirt. But I don't know, I think there's another motive for here. I'm suspicious, I'm a conspiracy theorist. This is a theory, you know, sometimes we do have theories, but most of the time... It's actually a conspiracy fact, but um, I, I don't know. I, d- I don't think it's a good idea to be seeding clouds. You're fiddling around with God, aren't you? You know, let him let him do it. And, uh, you know, if you're making a mess of the atmosphere, if it's all foggy and that, well, I don't know. I don't know. I think I'd rather have a bit of smog than, um, you know, silver iodine, you know, being sprayed all over me. Uh, I don't know whether that would be a very healthy thing. I'm pretty sure that this lady, Claire, that is in, I think she's in Northland Weather Watch, um, she said that it's actually detrimental to your health. So local government, they issued a notice earlier in the day to close all government and private schools on Thursday until the 18th of November. So it's going to be a big lockdown, isn't it? Shutdown. That'll be bad for the economy and people that are trying to survive. So this is all just United Nations Agenda 21, Agenda 30, that sort of rubbish, uh, I think. There's got to be better ways of doing it. Anyway, so that's that. That's all they've got on that one. And um, I don't know if I've got any more for you at News Hub. And uh, we better move along. It's 26 minutes to. Gosh, it takes me all my time to get through it. I'll uh, just see if there's anything new. So we've got Kiwi Anderson doesn't deny bullying, so she is a bully and she admits it. <laughs> um, and we talked about, with the farming industry, didn't we? They're also carrying on with that. The optimistic Fonterra pushes for 30% on farm emissions reduction by 2030. And see, that's just rubbish anyway, the whole thing. So the latest news for New Zealand, the big stories uh, for News Hub would have to be the Black Caps have put one foot in the World Cup semi-finals after a comfortable win over Sri Lanka, and how to get your hands on limited Taylor Swift tickets for her Aussie tickets. So that's just come out. So if you go over to News Hub, they'll tell you how to do that. I'm not really interested now that she's become sort of more mainstream. I liked her when she was a country singer. Uh, she got me off and play uh, Taylor Swift songs here. Uh, yes, we do, and um, and then they talk about the Asian, uh, what they're doing with the cloud seeding, Fonterra. Yeah, so those and the U-turn. I think the big story really is the big U-turn that um, Auckland Transport have done over the K Road car parks, and I hope more of that. So everyone needs to take notice and do put the pressure on. 
And that's what we need to do. We can't just sit there and be spectators of the world. We have to be uh, participants, don't we? Yes, we do. So we'll be back in a minute with stuff and see what they've got up for sale. Uh, up for sale. <laughs> Here's Joe Biden. If you're vaccinated, you're not going to be hospitalized. You're oh, not going right. to be in an ICU unit and you're not going to die. <laughs> well, that turned out to be absolute BS, didn't it? Absolutely. So I've got News Hub and oh, I see I've gone and put the Herald over there. We'll have a look at the Herald as well. Oh, another story was sent to me. Apparently, NZM, NZME, who own the New Zealand Herald and News Talk ZB, the, uh, the boss there, what's his name? Boggs. He's had a meeting with Sean Plunkett's uh, backers, and Sean was there as well. That's the platform uh, about, you know, maybe doing something together. You know, and I don't think it's a buyout or anything like that because I don't think that would work because I think the idea is that, you know, Plunkett and um, he sort of, that's, they've got a different following. The, the people that follow the platform are people that aren't interested in mainstream media because they know it's all BS, don't they? Yeah, so that's why they're not really interested. Now, we're over at stuff and the big story there, apart from the cricket, um, and if you just tuned in, we're called Black Caps, New Zealand Black Caps, they've... Um, Beat, in the semi-finals, they beat Sri Lanka. It was quite a, quite a good effort, really, wasn't it? Now, moving to the Middle East, French President Macron, he calls for a ceasefire. Well, you would, wouldn't you? You know, you're an idiot. It's not going to be a ceasefire until after they've won the war. Uh, civilians, and they are having sort of like little pauses. And Netanyahu, I listened to him last night, and, you know, it's not just full-on. And they are helping to evacuate um, so-called Palestinians, uh, people that don't want to fight. They are helping to get them out, whereas Hamas were keeping them there as, keeping them there as um, uh, what would you call it, human shields. Now he says here, this is Macron, civilians must be protected. Well, Israel, don't, they do the very best that they can do. And we'll hear from Colonel Kemp in a minute just to refresh your memory on that. So Macron says that they must be protected. This, this is the civilians. That's indispensable and non-negotiable. And I don't know how you can think you can negotiate with Israel. Israel are a, uh, you know, they're their own independent sovereign state. And you shouldn't be interfering in their business anyway. They're the ones that have to put up with these terrorist criminals lobbing rockets at them on a daily basis. This was what was happening. Now they had thousands. I think they had in the first few days 5,000 rockets fired at them by Hamas, which are backed by other Arab nations, state, state organization. You know, where do they get the money from? And then Israel feeds them. I mean, they owe Israel uh, in power for the cities in Gaza a half a billion dollars. And, and Israel just keeps writing it off. So it's billions of dollars over the years. Israel's pay, Israel has to pay for them. They get they want to kill them, and yet Israel are feeding them. Uh, they're giving more aid than anyone else, actually. Uh, and sometimes when the aid goes to them, it gets sidetracked by the terrorist organisation. They turn it into um, into weapons. They buy weapons with it, and the Israel are giving them water. And what were they doing? They were cutting the water pipes and making rockets out of them. I mean, this is and building tunnels, you know, so they can go in and kill Jews. That's what they, that's what they aim to do. That is what they're aimed to do. And Hezbollah are the same in the north. So anyway, um, now let's hear from General Kemp. We'll hear from him in just a moment. Here's Pearl again on talking about women and the way they dress. They should be more moderate. Why do you think women dressed so modestly before? <clears throat> um, I think that was the societal standard at the time. And yeah, men okay. were like, oh no. If you show ankles, that's too sexy. Okay, okay. So you think it was because the men just couldn't like handle it? I like, think. What's your What's your thought as to why? Um, what is it? I I think that yeah, there were just like social norms in place that okay. like as we started growing as a society, we were like, wait, men aren't dogs. So like, men can look why? at an ankle and not okay. like. You why know, did we? 
Okay, so we're talking about French President Macron. He's calling for a ceasefire. They all are. In fact, you know, anyone that's calling for a ceasefire right now are actually pro-terrorist, uh, in my opinion. They are pro-Hamas, pro uh, the destruction of the Jewish nation. Here's Colonel Kemp, that's just to give you some idea of just how um, moral the Israeli Defence Forces and how that they do more to safeguard the rights of uh, citizens uh, in a war zone. When the infamous Goldstone Report excoriated Israel and exonerated Hamas, UN Watch fought the report and changed the debate. I'm the former commander of British forces in Afghanistan. I served with NATO and the United Nations, commanded troops in Northern Ireland, Bosnia and Macedonia, and participated in the Gulf War. Mr. President, based on my knowledge and experience, I can say this. During Operation Cast Lead, the Israeli Defence Forces did more to safeguard the rights of civilians in a combat zone than any other army in the history of warfare. When Colonel Kemp's speech went viral, UN Watch continued to campaign against the Goldstone Report and Judge Goldstone retracted. Good on him, good on him. That's good, isn't it? So there you are. You heard it from the horse's mouth. This man, Colonel, knows a bit more about the Israeli army than you or I do or any Hollywood actor that they're calling in. And you get stupid people like TNT's um, Patrick Henningsen uh, saying that Israel are, are, are committing a genocide. Now, everyone's sort of following So There's no genocide happening in, in Palestine. It's not a genocide at all. The genocide is the Arabs wanting to, the Arab Muslim terrorists wanting to kill all the Jews. It's in their charter. You've got to remember that. Um, yeah, and I've got tomorrow I'll bring you something, actually, uh, where a guy actually goes out and interviews, and they all want to sign. That's right. He, want, he wants to get them to sign a petition. Uh, I think it's, in, it's somewhere in the states. I'm not sure where. And people are happy to support, you know, to stop the war. And you know, the, and um, it was in support of Hamas. There's so many people out there supporting Hamas. You wouldn't believe it. And then they said, um, uh, and then it, I'll just read you the charter. They said, or I'll just read a few things. You know, it was about you know getting rid of killing all the homosexuals and um, what, you know a few other things as well. Um, I'll bring that to you tomorrow because I can't quite remember how it went together. But then they said, oh, no, I didn't know that. <laughs> See, a lot of us are ignorant. We don't actually know just how bad these, this terrorist criminal organization that's running um, the Gazan area, the Gazan Strip at the moment. And um, we, yeah, we have no idea. And we're listening to mainstream media. And it's just this group think again. Everyone just follows the leader. It's just the blind leading the blind. OK, let's move back to New Zealand now. Away from all that carnage, and let's look at something lovely here. We've got, um, we've got this woman. She, instead of marriage and a mortgage, she said, I chose a life on the road. So six years ago, she said, I quit my job and I swapped a comfortable house in Auckland for an eight square meter tiny home on wheels. That's a great story. You should go and have a read of that. And uh, this lovely lady, she's gone out and done that. And I love tiny houses. I think they're great. And, oh, I know they're probably getting us used to the idea of living in a box in a smart city. But um, I just love, the, you know, no mortgage. And um, I, I love, I've been in a tiny house now for a long time. There was there was a period of about um, two or three years where I didn't live in it because I had to do other, I had to go and do other jobs and work and stuff and fixing up some rentals, that sort of thing. And kept me busy um, for my business partner and... Then, then, so I sort of put it. I put it on a farm and just sort of sat it there for a while. Uh, but now, since for the last three years since we've bought the new farm, I've been here and I'm just loving it. 
and I, I, it's in, not in the exact position that I want it to be. And so, but I'm, you know, when you buy somewhere new, you've got to be careful where you put things. You know, where you plant trees and where you put your house. And I think it's important to, um, you know, spend two or three years. So you and just sort of follow the season, see where the sun comes up and sun goes down, and so you can just get the right spot. And I still haven't made my mind up yet because with hill country. Um, there's not that many places that are level enough for, to put a tiny house, and uh, so you sort of need a tractor to get it into position too. And you just you've got to you know be very careful because you wouldn't want to tip over a tiny house that's like eight meters long, three meters wide, and four point three meters high off the ground. You know, so that's pretty high. It'd be pretty easy to tip it over. So you've got to be a wee bit careful where you take them. So anyway, so that's me. So don't rush. I, I think it's a good idea if you get a bit of land not, not to rush into where you're going to put stuff. And trees especially. Gosh, you know, with Kaikuya, they just smother anything you plant. And so, you know, we've had trees that have just been smothered and we've had gardens that we've put in and, you know, you can't even find anything. <laughs> the only thing you can find is those little, um, oh, I can't remember the name of them, that you can eat. The, it's a red flower, red orangey flower, and you can even eat the leaf. Um, Astertion, I think, is that what it is? And you can, they're just lovely. I found some of those in the garden that we did. We sort of gave up on it, you know, we ploughed it and put stuff into it and probably ploughing is probably not a good idea. But anyway, and also I found the soil's not so good there, but I found a better place now that I've got beautiful, rich topsoil. And honestly, it's like three feet, two to three feet deep of rich, deep topsoil. So that's where I'm going to put the garden, I think. And it's a good sunny spot as well. I was going to put a house there, but the, you may, the, imagine the foundations you've got to put down if you've got three feet of topsoil. So you've really got to keep going till you hit um, hard clay, don't you? So that's, uh, that's where it is there. Now, politics. A ballot box was missed in the official vote count. The electoral, this is New Zealand politics, the Electoral Commission has updated the official vote count after data entry errors were discovered and a box of votes was forgotten. Now, see, this is really bad, and it shouldn't happen, and we don't need voting machines to make sure it doesn't, but this is what these news articles are for. I'll just still this for you. They're pushing for voting machines, and we know that with voting machines, that introduces a whole new level of electoral fraud, and so that's what they want, so they can control um, who gets in, more control, and so they don't, they don't want, they don't, want just to be counted we've only got five million people and i don't know how many people vote probably under two million it's not a big deal and it doesn't have to be spread out over a week it can be all done in one day which is what it used to be and special votes that you know you'd know pretty much straight away but this is all being strung out over a long period of time and i think that's all designed so that they can manipulate the um the figures but i think they got their their globalist man and i think they got nationals who they wanted and um, they just want to, it's all going to be globalists. And so the only way that we're going to break free from the slavery that we're in, the uh, neo-feudal slavery, is to get rid of the globalists that are in our, uh, not only our government, who are just the actors really, just the, the, and they read their lines and do what they're told, uh, from their, uh, their puppet masters in Europe or wherever they are. Um, also, we've got, to, we've got to clean out the bureaucracy and when I say that, I mean government departments. Uh, they are filled with globalists and filled with um, leftists, uh, people that have worked for the United Nations, all those people that they don't love our country. They're not elected. They have a job for life. And these people actually are the ones that are really making the policy. And these people are the ones that educate whoever it is that comes into parliament. And they basically in induct them into the life 
of being a politician. And they basically are advisors to them, and they do what they're told, I can tell you now, because it just won't work out for them. These people are the deep state in this country, and they run our country, and we don't even know who they are. It's a fifth-generation warfare. So we've got a big job ahead of us, but we've got to fight. We can't be spectators. We've got to be participants in this life, and we've got to get these globalists out. And we've got to say to them, look, if you want to be a globalist, that's fine, but you've got to get out. And don't vote for them. Don't vote for globalists. Uh, you, you've got to decide whether you're going to be a New Zealander or whether you're going to be a globalist, because you can't be both, because to be a globalist is actually treason, because you're not following the will of the people. You are following a foreign power, and that ladies and gentlemen, in my book, is, is um, tyranny, and it is um, treason. And, you know, it's very interesting that Jeffrey Palmer put forward a bill that to, the penalty for treason was the death penalty. And in the 1990s, that was changed to maximum, I think, of 14 or 16 years imprisonment. That was the maximum. Now, I wonder why they did that. Probably because they knew what was coming, didn't they? They knew of the treason that was coming, and they didn't want to be um, executed. Now, that was the that was the deal in the 90s. It was only changed then. Now, we'll come back in a minute, and we'll have a look at the Herald. Now, with the problem with the Herald is behind a paywall, a lot of it, and you don't see it all, but um, we'll have a little bit of a look there. It's coming up to 12 minutes, yes, or, yeah, 12 minutes to 7, and this time I won't forget. I promise I won't forget, and if I do, I'm awfully sorry. What I'll do is I'll I'll, um, I'll give you some news. If you go over to Xeno uh, FM, look at any of the links. If there's anyone there on Facebook or YouTube or Twitter or Rumble, um, just, you know, most people listen on the apps. And so find one of the links there because just after the news at 7, um, I'll give you a weather report and then we will go We'll go straight back to the wireless and we'll be playing today's best country. Plus we'll mix in a bit of comedy and we'll also put in uh, some spots of, you know, just bring you up to date just to educate us on what's really going on in the world. Okay, so we've got Pearl here and then I'll be back with um, headlines from New Zealand Herald in just a moment. So I would ask whoever's in charge of the modelling industry. It's not an industry I know much about. Um, I thought that models were supposed to be beautiful and represent the most beautiful women in society. Why on earth do you have a tatted up porn star up there? This is pandering and catering and us women are sick of being sold a dream. We are sick of being pandered to. And at some point, us women need to get together and tell them we are tired. Should it be compulsory to be vaccinated in this country? And that is New Zealand? If you ask my personal opinion, yes, we should be. It should be compulsory. It saves lives massively. Are you talking to your government partners about compulsory vaccination? Well, look, that's for the Minister of Health and others to, to, to uh, determine. And of course, this conversation will go on. A salary is the drug they give you when they want you to forget about your dreams. Because it's very easy to stay in that world where somebody is mitigating your risk. You just have to perform certain tasks, do them well for a third of your day, and they will feed you a salary. Yes, they will. Okay, microphone's on, almost 10 minutes to 7, TNT Radio News at 7, and we're over at the Herald, and I find it very difficult to navigate the Herald. Uh, it's all click stuff, and then when you get there, like I've got one here, explained. This is the latest headline. They say, why this El Nino is behaving differently, and what it means for New Zealand. So that'll be pushing climate change, but when I go there... Sometimes you can't always read it because it's behind a paywall. Um, so it's actually a podcast, an El Nino climate pattern expected to spell a hot, dry summer for New Zealand's northeast is looking to peak 
unusually late. Yeah, that's because that's because it hasn't gone their way, has it? We've had a lot of rain, and people up in Northland tell me it's been it was raining last week, so they've had plenty of rain. Niwi meteorologist Ben Knoll says that the big climate driver might not reach its full potential until January, in the thick of summer. Uh, so that's all. While the weather is a wild card, he said, it's, we still leave the door partially open. <laughs> they, they've got no idea. They make it up on the day. They have no idea what's going on. Uh, so that's that one there. And Rotorua took a big hit last year. This 28-year-old is helping lead a remarkable tourism tu- turnaround. I wonder if they'll let me read that one. Um, sh- this is um, Mr. Curry is the writer on this one, New Zealand Herald editor at large. Shane Curry is on a two-week road trip to gauge the mood of the nation and meet every day in notable Kiwis making a difference in their communities. Okay, so as a school leaver, Awateri Douglas was washing dishes, dishes at Rotorua's biggest hotel. I wonder what that was. Uh, less than a decade later, later, he's the boss leading a team of 75 staff. And so he's a 28-year-old. And um, so what's he done? Turned around for the city's tourism industry. Um, the Golden Mile along the Fenton Street. Look, honestly, I know people. He's at the Sudima Hotel. It's a 241 room. Um, that's what he run. He's the big boss. He's the general manager there of a 242 rather uh, room Sudima Motel, the city's lakefront. That's where it's at. And uh, so that's him. It's done, he's done well, isn't he? But you know, Rotorua is a shithole. I mean, a crime has been allowed to increase, as it is in many of the cities in New Zealand. And why is that? I'll tell you why. It's because they don't want crime to get better, because they want to bring in a cashless society where there won't be any crime, because criminals won't be able to sell anything, because they have to deal in cash. And uh, you'll be totally surveilled. And so they want us to bring it in. So they want crime to get worse. That's what's happening. That's why you've got. That's why you see police not doing anything. They don't. They don't do anything. I've got a f- friend. Um, he had a bad flatmate. And uh, he called the police, I think, two or three times. He said, I've got this guy and I need to get rid of him. He, he's like, violent. And then it turns out the guy actually was smoking pee in the house. He, he came out. He didn't realize that my friend was home. Then he came out into the living room and saw him with a, another guy with a red cap and the red you know, socks or whatever it is they wear, probably mongrel mob, smoking pee in his house. And he was trying to get rid of him. And, uh, you know, this guy's sort of like, you know, a lecturer and, uh, you know, at a top university in the South Island. And it's just, uh, well, I don't know about South Island. I can't really say where, all right? I can't say where. So I've kind of said that. I told a bit of a fib because I just don't want to incriminate anyone. But anyway, so crime is bad. He rang the police two or three times. They never even turned up. And so, you know, if he said, oh, he's got a gun, someone's got a gun, they might turn up. I don't know. Or if he said, oh, they're importing pee, they'd turn up. Because Greg Hallett wrote a book called New Zealand, The Blackmailer's Guide. And in that, Greg incriminates everybody, you know, from politicians to people like Paul Holmes, you know, said that he was a blooming drug dealer and, um, you know, just a crook and, you know, and all this sort of stuff. And then you've got, and I think that Indian um, governor general that reckoned that he was like little boys uh, and lots of pedophilia and named all these people in this book. But he's never been taken to court over it. So it's obviously true. But now he's actually, he said, Greg Hallett said that he's had 12 assassination attempts. He was an architect in New Zealand, but he seemed to know quite a bit about intelligence, had quite a few friends that were involved in it. And a lot of people spoke to him. And uh, he's on that Fetzer report too. Actually, I've heard him on that. But now he's living in exile in Europe, uh, away from it all because they're out to get him. So either he's a fantasist or it's true. But I I think a lot of it may well be true because wouldn't you have been, wouldn't you have been taken to court instead of them trying to kill him? He says that the way that they get rid of people here, the favourite method is actually a road crash. 
That's interesting, isn't it? Had a few people you know, all of a sudden have a road crash, haven't we? That guy that ran that big insurance company, um, finance company, that old guy that ran the finance company, he had a crash and died, didn't he? Or had a bad accident? Oh, I don't know. Anyway, they take you out that way. That's the favourite method, apparently. Um, I don't know if they poison you. I don't know. I don't think so. But anyway, so Greg Hallett wrote all this stuff. I do think that they want crime to get really bad, and I think that they even even Barry Smith back in the eighties and nineties said that's what they that's what will happen. They'll allow crime to get bad so that we the people will ask for, uh, you know, it's a problem. The problem is crime. The reaction is that we're going to get all upset because you know we're being terrorised by these people with the ram raids and the you know burglars and the thugs, you know the gangs running around frightening people, and the police aren't doing anything about it. So what's that? problem reaction that's us we react and the solution is what no not police doing the job no they have to sit on their hands but what happens well we're going to be surveilled more there'll be surveillance cameras everywhere and that takes away our freedoms and rights so then they're going to be watching us but it should be the other way around we new zealanders we the people should be watching the government they should be transparent not us the, the government should fear the people. That's in a proper democracy, like a something like a proper republic, not an unbridled democracy where might is right. I mean a, a, um, a democracy that has limited government. The people should be watching the government. Everything that they do should be transparent. There should be no behind closed doors nonsense, which is a lot of the councils are doing, having all their meetings in secret. It should be all pub, open to the public so that any of the public can go into the gallery needs to be a gallery where you can watch and listen to the meetings that they're having so we know what they're doing and saying and, and attend them. That's how it should be. That's what it's like in a proper uh, republic. And a republic really is the way we've got to go because the royal family, well, the whole idea of a constitutional monarchy was great, but it hasn't worked uh, because we've now got governor generals that are New Zealanders and you can't have that. You have to have someone who's from the United Kingdom who's not who's not biased, who hasn't, there's no nepotism, they didn't, they're not part of the old school network, you know, they all went to the same school, and so they let each other off, and they do, they do, they let each other off, they, and, um, and so laws are being passed in our parliament that should never be passed because they're not constitutionally acceptable, they are at, at odds with the uh, constitution and there is one it is written it's just that it's written and it makes up so many things it's so difficult and it shouldn't be that way and you know you shouldn't have to be a constitutional lawyer uh, to figure out what our constitution is and but what needs to happen is we need to have a codified constitution like the united states and they're already they're attacking that but that's what we need we need a republic because the monarchy uh, New Zealand as a constitutional monarchy has been let down. New Zealand have been. It hasn't worked for us. It's, been, it's a very poor way, poor, poor type of democracy. They sold it to us that it was good, but it hasn't worked out. We need a republic. And we don't have to be in a, some global network. We can just be trading independently and doing deals with, you know, like um, sort of trade deals with people that are around us. People want our stuff. We don't have to be in some... Um, world Economic Forum to get ahead in this world. So that's rubbish. All they want to do is basically remove you from private property. They want to take your private property off you, have you living in a dumb ghetto that they call smart, a smart city, and uh, to remove all the um, the land from you. They're making it difficult, because, and they're going through the councils, 
Um, and that's why councils are coming out with things where they want to make it so that you have to have resource consent before you can even put your animals on a hill, that sort of thing. Or they're going to change it from sort of like a one metre setback from waterways, even if they don't run all year. These streams, they want, they want it to be 10 metres. So that would mean 20 metres of usable land can't be used. And so they're just making it more and more difficult to uh, be a farmer. And but why? It's, 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 it's nothing to do with the environment. They don't give a damn about the environment. It's all about getting you off the land, getting people out of the suburbs and into these cities, these smart cities, where they take away everything that you want. They, you, know, like you, you can't have a vehicle. You can't be travelling around. It's, you, it's, that's why they're called five, ten-minute cities, t- five-minute, ten-minute, fifteen, and twenty minutes. Hamilton is a, a, a twenty-minute city. The, every council in New Zealand has signed up for this, this World Economic um, forum, which is basically the new world order, same old pig, new lipstick, according to uh, James Corbyn, and uh, I like that analogy. And so, basically, we are getting ready to be ruled by a world government dictator, and that's who's coming. And the Bible tells us his name is the Beast. His name is the Antichrist. He's the little horn. He is this world leader that's going to cause everyone to receive a mark in their right hand. Why? Because you lose your cards. Your credit cards can be lost. Your phone can be lost. They want you marked like cattle. And they've been experimenting on animals with chip implants. But not only will it be so that you can buy, can't buy or sell unless you have this mark in your right hand, not on. You need a King James Bible to get that truth in your right hand or in your forehead. So you go off to the supermarket with someone's hand, couldn't you? But you wouldn't really be able to go off to the supermarket with someone's head. That could be a bit off. It would be a bit off-putting, wouldn't it, when you're paying for it with someone else's head? So it's a good way to stop crime, and that's why crime is increasing because they want to bring in this cashless society. They want to set it up for the one-world dictator and all this uh, global warming stuff, these emissions and the carbon tax and all that sort of stuff. And it's going to be paid for by ordinary New Zealanders, middle-class New Zealanders. We are paying for the world government that the Antichrist is going to rule from the United Nations, and he's going to rule the European Union because that. That European Union is, uh, needs a leader, and all the wealth of Babylon has come down through the Medo-Persian Empire, through the Grecian Empire, through to the Roman Empire, and then when Rome split up into two, and when the hordes of Central Europe attacked uh, Rome, uh, then all that wealth from Babylon down through Medo-Persia, through Greece and the Roman Empire is now in the hands of Europe. And so we know, we know our Bible tells us that Europe is going to be the final world empire, the Europeans. And that Antichrist, that Jewish homosexual, a European Jew, an Ashkenazi Jew who doesn't believe the God of his fathers, the Bible tells us, he doesn't desire women, so he's a homo, and he puts himself out as God, and you know what? I believe he's going to come from the Prière de Sion, which is a French Jewish. Um, they think they've got a holy bloodline. This lie they've told, and it was done by uh, Richard Lee. Oh, we've got news. Okay, here's the news. Several people were seen being detained late Wednesday, though it remains unclear whether anybody was arrested or faces charges. The European Parliament and the Council of the EU reached a provisional agreement on November 8th regarding the introduction of a new framework for a European digital identity. Often referred to as the EU Digital Identity Wallet, the tool aims to ensure all EU citizens, residents and businesses have access to secure and trustworthy electronic identification and authentication in the near future, according to officials. Under the EU DI, member states will offer EU citizens digital wallets that will be linked to their national digital identities along with other proof of identification. What will we we saying? Yeah, and then it's going to be a chip in your hand. 
Florida Governor Ron DeSantis gave his view on the Israel-Hamas war Wednesday at the third GOP presidential debate. I would be telling BB, finish the job once and for all with these butchers, Hamas. They're terrorists. Yes. They're massacring innocent people. They would wipe every Jew off the globe if they could. He cannot live with that threat right by his country. That Hamas should release every hostage and they should unconditionally surrender. I'm sick of hearing the media. I'm sick of hearing other people blame Israel just for defending itself. We will stand with Israel in word and in deed, in public and in private. And I can tell you, as governor, I actually did something about it. Biden's neglect has been atrocious. As Gaza residents were being directed by Israel to clear out and move towards the southern border with Egypt, one of the big questions some people asked was where over two million Palestinians would possibly go. TNT Radio's Patrick Henningsen calls it ethnic cleansing. Now already there are reports coming from different countries where governments have been approached either by the U.S. or by the EU or by an Israeli intermediary to be asked if they would accept a certain number of Palestinian refugees. They're already shopping around for homes in anticipation of a massive ethnic cleansing event whereby the Israeli military will push the Palestinian population into the Sinai Desert in a forced deportation operation. This is called ethnic cleansing, of course, and it's prohibited with all international laws and treaties with the threat of genocide hanging over them. It makes this crime against humanity even more egregious. So why Canada? Well, it seems like from a PR point of view, some countries like the United States don't want Palestinian refugees. The UK will also be a potential destination for the deportation of Palestinians, but Canada always opens its arms to refugees from conflicts that it sponsors. For TNT Radio, this is Patrick Henningsen. Thank you, Patrick. And uh, yes, it's pretty obvious he's an anti-Semite, isn't it? Anyone that um, that is uh, saying that Israel is committing genocide uh, would have to be just a hater of God, which he is. And he's a Roman Catholic, Patrick. Pat- Patrick. There you go. See, it's very interesting, isn't it? Because most Roman Catholics name their children after the saints, Patrick, Peter, Paul and Mary, that sort of thing. Most, mostly Peter, Mary and Patrick, that's one of them, St. Patrick, although St. Patrick wasn't a Roman Catholic, but still a lot of Catholics call their children those names. So he'd be a Roman Catholic. Now, the reason why I think he's like he is is because he would have learned through his Catholic education that Israel is no longer God's chosen nation. The Bible is now, when the word Israel is mentioned, the Roman Catholics use a doctrine called replacement theology, and they believe that when the word Israel in the Old Testament is mentioned, doesn't mean the Jews anymore. It means the Church, the Roman Catholic Church. That's why they're there. That's why they'll be behind the war. They'll be behind. They're behind every war. They're involved in the Ukrainian war, according to Scott Ritter. Uh, they are there. They are a a, a political entity in religious garb, that is the Roman Catholic Church. Okay, that is that. Now, just before we go to weather, let's just have a quick look at Sky News in Australia. And uh, so we've got, um, this is Morrison, Scott Morrison takes a bit of a dig. Former Prime Minister Scott Morrison has uh, thrown a subtle jab at the successor, his successor, Anthony Albanese, for failing to visit Israel in the wake of the Hamas attacks. I agree with that. Also, Aussies donating thousands of dollars to Gaza aid organisations are accused of funding Islamic terror groups. Sky News Australia can reveal a registered Australian charity is sending money to a Gaza-based health organisation which has been accused after being affiliated with the Popular Front for the Liberation of Palestine terror group. 
That's what they are, a terror group. And what else have we got? Um, Optus announces uh, 200 GB of free data, 200 gigabytes of free data as outage compensation for customers. So that is the telecommunications company. Customers have blast Optus after the telecom uh, teleco announced the only compensation they would receive for its network outage was 200 gigabytes of free data. So yeah, it's not really much, is it? Because it's quite important to people to have your phone on the go because especially when you're in business now it's all about it thunderstorm asthma hospitalizes over 200 people in in victoria apparently i would say that the asthma is caused by their childhood vaccines and uh you know because most people only 200 is not very much and i get some some people are affected very badly by childhood vaccines uh that's where we get cot deaths from that's where you know people just die and that's where you know all of the chronic diseases according to steve kirsch um who says that the data shows that vaccines are ruining the health of uh, the west americans australians Canadians and New Zealanders, uh, and it's driving the epidemic, epi- the epidemic of neurological diseases, according to Steve Kirsch. And if you want to know more about that, his name is spelled K-I-R-S-C-H, and you can find his newsletter. He writes about COVID mitigation policies, vaccines, neurological diseases and conditions, and corruption and censorship, and also early treatments uh, to uh, help you get along. He's a 66-year-old, lives in the United States. He's an entrepreneur. I think he's a billionaire and um, so he's really put himself in behind uh, the whole vaccine thing you know it's not just the COVID vaccine but all childhood vaccines are actually bad news and so you can go there and put your email and you can get his newsletter Kirsch K-I-R-S-C-H Kirsch Substack that's S-U-B-S-T-A-C-K dot com Substack Kirsch Substack dot com now we'll be going off after the weather we'll be going uh, off on the um you know, Facebook, um, YouTube, Twitter, and also Rumble will be moving away from that. And so just follow one of the links and you can go back because after you can go, yeah, you've got to go to one of the streaming ones like Xeno FM or there's, there's plenty to choose from there in the description. So uh, because after I finish the weather, you, we're going to hear from Jonathan Kahn. This is a, it's about a 28 minute long. It's very, very important. That, now, Rolling Stone magazine, he actually was in a rock band uh, as Jonathan Kahn. He's a rabbi. And um, he, he's been on the cover of Rolling Stone, I think. But he, anyway, he, he, they've done a hit piece on him. And uh, so he doesn't normally defend himself against the media. But this time he is because he's just showing, uh, he's just going to show you just how bad they are. Uh, and so, and how they can twist things. And so anyway, so that's quite interesting. And I enjoy listening to Jonathan Kahn. I don't know if I agree with everything that he says, but uh, I, do, I do like him. He's a very powerful speaker. And uh, I enjoy most of the things that I hear from him. So let's go over to uh, weather. And then after that, we'll go back to uh, the wireless. And so you'll be getting today's best country. And also, but before we, before, um, before we get on to the country music, we'll hear from Jonathan Kahn. Okay, so now we're over at, I'll just do a quick refresh with uh, Met Service. And I'll also do one on the Weather Watch as well. And uh, bring you up to date because we've been, I've been a bit negligent or, you know, haven't, <laughs> I've neglected to, to tell you what's going on with weather in case you need to know people need to know these things now the extremes right at the moment is uh, Auckland is the highest temperature 12.8 and Mosgiel it's got a little bit um, a little bit uh, what would you call it a little bit cooler actually minus 0.8 degrees in Mosgiel 
Invercargill still sitting on one degree. The windiest place is still Wellington, Lyle Bay, 39 kilometres per hour. But it's not much, not very much at all. It's not even 20 knots, isn't it? Probably gusting up to 30. Gisborne has uh, 0.1 millimetre of rain. The temperature's right across the main centre. Stewart Island's on six. Invercargill, as we said, was six. Dunedin's also on six. And it's dropped down to one in Queenstown right now. France Joseph and Westport are on eight and nine. Nelson's on seven. Blenheim's also there with seven. Christchurch, eight degrees, along with the Chatham Islands and Timaru. And Dunedin's on six degrees. Up to the North Island, we're looking at the bottom there where all the criminals are in Parliament, 121 of them, which need to be ousted. Far too many politicians for a country that's only 4.9 million people. Just crazy. Uh, Wellington, 10 degrees. Masterton, 9. Napier, 11. Palmerston North's on 12, along with New Plymouth. Uh, Taupo has 9 degrees. Rotorua, 8. Gisborne on 11. Tauranga, 11. Uh, Hamilton's also there, and Taupo, uh, did I say Taupo? No, Auckland rather, has um, 12.8 degrees. Whangarei and uh, Kaitaia are both now moved up a notch to 12 degrees. The short forecast for Northland, Auckland, isolated showers, some possibly heavy in Northland this afternoon and evening. For the Coromandel, the Bay of Plenty and the Waikato area all the way to Kapiti, including the central high country, mainly fine weather, afternoon or evening showers possible in Waikato. For Gisborne to the Wairarapa, also for Wellington, isolated showers clearing and gradually becoming fine today. For Marlborough, excluding the Kaikoura coast, but for Nelson, Buller and Westlam, we'll include that, areas of morning cloud and then fine weather but isolated showers in the evening, and that will be about the ranges mostly. For Kaikoura Coast in Canterbury, morning cloud with patchy drizzle about the foothills, and then it's going to be coming fine for you. For Otago, Southland and Fiordland, mainly fine weather for you. It's a great day. And finally, for the Chatham Islands, showers becoming isolated later in the day. Let's look ahead to tomorrow, shall we? Saturday, generally fine in the North Island. However, isolated showers in Northland and partly cloudy in the west of the South Island, just a few showers there. On Sunday in the North Island, generally fine. Oh, that one further back on tomorrow, that included South Island as well. In the North Island on Sunday, generally fine, apart from some areas of morning and evening cloud for central western areas. In the South Island, a few showers in the west, turning to rain with heavy falls in Fiordland, scattered showers developing in Otago and Southland, but mainly fine elsewhere. On Monday, back to work in the North Island, it's going to be fine in the east and the north. Oh, it always is, isn't it? Areas of cloud elsewhere with isolated showers in Horowhenua, Kapiti Coast, some say Horowhenua, I don't, Kapiti Coast and the South Island on Monday, rain with heavy falls in the west, scattered rain or showers from Nelson, Otago and Southland, mainly fine for Marlborough and Canterbury. And then finally the Chatham Islands, your, the Chatham Islands, your extended forecast, showers with strong southwesterlies, clearing late Saturday as uh, the winds ease a bit, you've got fine weather, light winds on Sunday, cloudy periods and northwesterlies developing on Monday. So that is news from TNT Radio and information, weather from me. And um, I might start going over to Weatherwatch because I kind of like what they're doing there, but we're looking at it, it's not up to date today. So we've only, we've only got news from uh, 10, to, uh, 10 to 12 um, the night before last. So I don't know what's going on there unless, I've, unless I haven't quite got the hang of it. Possibly. Uh, anyway, so in a moment we've got Jonathan Khan coming up um, in just a moment. And then, so if you, so, we're going to shut down on the um, the video. Uh, people that are watching us on the video, uh, just listening to me <laughs> on the video. I don't know why you would. Mm. Oh. 
And that came quick. Um, so then we'll go. Yeah, we'll go to Jonathan Khan. But to do that, you're going to have to go to one of the apps. So just look in the description there, and you'll see a link there. Just click on that now, and then you'll be there. So uh, I'll say good night. It's good night from him. Good night from him and him and you and everybody else. Good night and good evening because we go all over the world. We've got some listeners up in Canada, the United States. Hi to you guys. Good morning. Good afternoon. Good evening. And uh, thanks very much for dropping by. We have more people listening to us in Canada. Would you believe? and the United States than we do here in New Zealand. It's because they're not that keen on the country music. But, hey, we're working on it. We're working on it. And, um, yeah, so there it is. And a lot of people that like country music, they tune out when I come in. <laughs> and then you get the odd person that tunes in. But, anyway, this is great therapy for me, so that's why I do it. It's all about me. And what do you think of me? Oh, I think you're great, Grant. Oh, do you? Yeah, I think so, too. What do you think, Digger? Oh, I don't know. You're right. You know, I've worked for you for many years now. And, uh... You're okay. Uh, we're going to hear from Jonathan Kahn. Well, I thought I would play Jonathan Kahn. I'll just see if I can find him. I've got him. Uh, I've got him tucked away here. Yes, I do. I've got him right now. But what I'll do is I'll just play a couple of other things to give people time to go over to the streaming side of things, and so they'll they'll be able to go to. If you're on a desktop, the best one I think is just Zeno Z E N O dot FM. You'll pick us up there. Just look for Liberty NZ. It's actually Liberty NZ on the wireless. I don't know why I've got such a long name because we were called the wireless. We started the wireless country radio station back in 2006 and uh, now we've got someone else calling himself the wireless I don't know where that came from I think I've got a bit of an idea how they why they're doing that I think it came through um, someone else in radio I thought no that's a good idea because I actually did ask someone I can't remember his name now it just escapes me for a second uh, I asked him to, to voice some jingles for me and then it turns out he's pretty good mates with this particular guy that owns the the wireless in um, what do they call them what's that place now Mangawai I call it Mangawai, everyone, all the, all the, all the youngies, all the wokeies call it Mangafai. <laughs> but they're wrong anyway, it's, it's actually an aspirated WH. So Jonathan Khan's coming up, so we'll see you on Monday, Lord willing, all right? And remember, remember, if you want to get to heaven the Bible way, you believe on the Lord Jesus Christ, and thou shalt be saved. Neither is there salvation in any other, for there is none other name under heaven given among men, whereby we must be saved. Cheerio. You see, though, this is what we talk about. Women mate select for genes in their early 20s. You see the tall, handsome, good-looking guy, and they pick for long-term security in their 30s, and they marry them, and a lot of times they want the ex. So, you know, I should say, you know. A lot of these guys go into these marriages so naive for predatory women, and they don't know that the toxic ex that these women hate and would never get back with is the one that they want they love. Well, it finally happened. This is Jonathan Kahn. And this is going to be different. In fact, I'm going to do what I've never done before in these videos. When I was a teenager and had a rock band, I used to occasionally pick up the rock music magazine Rolling Stone. Rolling Stone is the most prominent pop music magazine in America. It's done stories on Mick Jagger, Beyonce, Taylor Swift, and now they've done a story on me. That's right, Rolling Stone magazine decided to do an article about me. Why? Can't be because I'm coming out with a new album. It can't be because I'm going on tour. No, it's because Rolling Stone has become increasingly anti-Christian, anti-biblical, anti-God. The article they wrote is an attack.